Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast for a very special guest. We've been hunting him down for a long time. One of the best cyclists in the world. Fresh off his world championships, ITT victory up here in Andorra at Pickmire, Remco Evenepoel. How are you going? How are you feeling? Short recovery, not much partying after the world champs win. Straight mm. up to altitude. Yeah, exactly. Just a small uh, celebration with the with the national team. Flew home the day after, and then uh, a dinner celebration with the with the closest family. I mean, the family of my wife and of and my parents, of course. And then uh, quite late in bed, two at the night, and then six thirty in the morning, anti doping control. <laughs> so super two short nights actually. Yeah. Yeah, and then straight up to here, the altitude, preparing the welter. But back to that world champs, let's draw a, ring, a bow around that, fresh off that. First of all, you could have just bought the Highland Cow. You realize you didn't have to go do a one-hour full-ass effort. I got one at home, mate. You didn't need to. <laughs> but is it a different one, the cow, for the winner? You got a medal around the door. Uh, I think everybody that's on the podium in the cycling event, I mean, it was only cycling events, yeah. so they got the cow, but I think you could see the difference in the medals. There was okay. the golden, silver, and bronze medal okay. uh, around the neck. So your cow is different. All right. So yeah. you, your cow doesn't have a medal. Well, I just bought it, but you know, I didn't want to go to Glasgow, obviously. I didn't have to it. buy it, you know. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. Just a thing big deal for it, but it's yeah. money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you saw the course, when you first reconned it in real life, did you think this is not hard enough? Or did you think actually I can beat Ganner and the big boys on this sort of course? Uh, I had a bit of a double feeling. Um, first of all, the wind was quite depending, uh, because we had tailwind to come back, but then there were the climbs, so it was not important at all, actually. And then in the start was a lot of crosswinds. You probably saw it on the images. I was really yeah. flying around with my bike. Yeah. I was just like getting smashed by the wind. So for me, the, actually the most important thing was to know my time at the first intermediate. I was expecting to be behind, but then four seconds was actually not a lot at all. Okay. Uh, for me, but of course, um, I believed I could win, but it, I think, like I said, I had my best numbers in a long TT and, uh, that's what I needed to beat Ghana because he had the same. So, yeah. uh, I think it was a really high level TT from the top three. You hinted at it a little bit already, but what factors come into play when you're thinking of a, a pacing plan with your team towards a time trial, for example, if you look at the parkour and you say, Okay, where should I ride fast? What fits best for me? Um, I think first part, you always try to go around your FTP a little bit under actually, so you don't go into the lactate too much. Mm -hmm. And then at the turning point, or after around 23, 25 kilometers, from there it started to be up and down more. And then we were like, okay, on the climbs you just go VO2. In the descent you try to recover. On the flats you go again a bit under FTP, so you still have that kick for the, yeah. for the climbs. Um, but yeah, I think I had one of those days where I could ride over my FTP on the flats and yeah. I could really go much above my VO2 as well on the climb. So the bad. final hill, how terrifying was that compared to how we viewed it on TV? Because on TV, we just saw riders perishing after the line, but did it feel like a controlled effort still, or was it all out 
dying. Uh, the problem is it's that late in the I mean, it's the last yeah. kilometer. So you want to go all out, but in the end, you cannot go much faster than the first climb you did. Yeah. yeah. So it's just the legs are really empty. And then the worst part was the cobbles because the cobbles, there were like gaps of five centimeters in between the cobbles. So it was really like, yeah, you were really thrown from stone to stone. And Benji said they're not cobbles. They're he not Flemish me. enough. He said yeah, they're not like Flemish to, cobbles. To be honest, they really felt a bit yeah? like Quartermont cobbles. Yeah, okay. it, was, it was pretty tough. And okay. especially you come on that, f because the climb was actually around 900 meters, I think. Okay. And you had 400 meters of cobbles, but that first 500 meters were quite fast, smooth roads, um, you know, with a bit of speed yeah. onto the first uh, part of the climb. But then you, you, like you were riding only 25, 28 kilometers an hour just before entering the goals and then you go like under 20 and it was like, oh, <laughs> it's going to be such a, and it was long because I think we almost did, I did one minute 12, 15, something like that for the last 500 meters. So that's quite long actually on the, when you go all out, especially. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to claim one more question. Right. One thing that I'm curious personally about, and that's, Gana spoke after the time trial about his own performance oh when it comes to what's i'm not sure if i can improve that much more but when it comes to arrow maybe i can get into a, a slightly more arrow position if i work on it a little more stuff like that and he especially spoke about your inward rolling shoulders is that something or just in general if you look at a, a time trial position how much of that is your natural body physiology and how much of that is oh i'm in an uncomfortable position that i got used to um well, it feels uncomfortable in the beginning of the mm -hmm. season, especially because yeah, in the winter you don't really ride the TT bike that much. Um, but to be honest, uh, when I went on training camp in Val di Fassa from the first day on, we started with like really specific uh, core stability trainings because we knew from the 55 minutes, I think I did 50 minutes in the position, which is super long. And uh, after the race, actually, I really had a big cramp in my shoulder. <laughs> so I was really completely crammed up because of, you know, really sitting in that position. Yeah. Um, but just those core stability and flexibility movements in the shoulders, they really help a lot. So it's not really something that you have from from nature, but you have to train it a bit and get used to it. And yeah, I think it's it's not easy at all, especially in TTs like this, where you really have to try and make yourself as small as possible. It's uh, it's pretty horrible, actually. So we've, we've butted you up with the good, the positives from Worlds. I reckon you did over 400 watts for the TT, 410 maybe, around there. Is my guesstimate. What happened? Guess. In, <laughs> <laughs> what happened in the road race though? Because your shape, your physiology, your shape is really good. One hour, you've done those numbers. You're flying. What went wrong for you in the road race? That, like, how was that different to Leuven? Because you've won on flat circuits. You won Belgian champs, flat national champs was a flat circuit. What went wrong for you in the road race the week before? Um, well, I think it was pretty clear. The fight to go into the circuit was really on. It was really crazy. In the end, I turned into the circuit at around position 40, where I felt comfortable, okay. to be honest. Mm -hmm. But after two laps, I quickly realized when I came out of the corner, uh, for example, the, the part where Mathieu attacked, yeah. Yeah. you have like that right, left, you go super fast down, and then yeah. you went into that park where it was a bit of kind of gravel even. Yeah. <laughs> when I, even position 40, 45, something like that, which normally you think that's perfect place to save energy. And this is eight laps to go. Yeah, like, eight seven laps yeah. ago you know where the, da yeah. the danish team just yeah, yeah. went full there was like i took the left hand turn and i saw the guys of denmark already taking the right turn almost Jesus. and it's like 500 meters further so if it was always like at least two meters in between every rider yeah so it's it's almost the bunch was almost going to be 
if there were the 200 riders here, the bunch could be like more than two kilometers long, yeah. like really completely stretched out. And I think there in the first two, three laps, I really lost some energy with sitting in that 40th position. Okay. Uh, and then when the group went smaller and smaller, I started to feel better and better because, you know, everybody was getting a bit more tired. Yeah, uh, yeah. Things were getting less explosive. Um, and then I think it was just the following up of turning, sprinting to the top, uh, because every time we went up on the part where Mathieu attacked in the mm -hmm. end, I, when I looked at my power meter, I was always above 650 and I was thinking oh. I cannot do this for three laps more because I'm just not that type of, of rider. Yeah, right. And uh, after when I spoke with Wout and also with Mathieu on text, they were always pushing around 800-900 all the time on those climbs. It's, it was just, it was actually pretty crazy. And I think um, before the race, they were speaking about the cyclocross guys will have a big advantage. Mm -hmm. And everybody was saying, yeah, but it's a six hour race. It will be, it will be harder than, than that. But in the end, I think they really had an advantage yeah. with all yeah. those just 100%. one minute, even not even one minute, just full. And 50 coins per lap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was, <laughs> to be honest, also in, within the Belgian team, we were really speaking about it and it was like, okay, there were a bit too many corners at a certain point of the course. Yeah. Especially the part after that, um, that park I was talking about, you went down on the cobbles, yeah. you went super fast, right, left, left, up, right, right, down, you know, yeah. that was crazy. And they could just have gone straight on a big road to the boxes where the feed zone was. So at, at a certain point in the course, it was a bit too much, but I think, yeah, it was a spectacle to watch probably. So Yeah, it certainly was. And as a, a Belgian at heart, I enjoyed the race a lot. You, you guys were active and I felt like there was, there was teamwork going on, the rolling attacks in, in certain spaces. Was that a planned thing or was that a consequence of you, for example, saying to the team, okay, this is never going to happen for me anymore. I'm going to try and do something so that Vanard can maybe benefit from it. To be honest, at, at that point, the race has been, had been very hard actually, mm -hmm. um, because the Danish team did three laps full. Then it was a bit of slowing down. And then again, every lap faster and faster again. So I think at that point, we were only 20 guys left. And I was thinking, okay, if we can, get, if we can go with a group of three, four guys with strong riders, Wout is behind, we take a 30, 40 second uh, advantage. He can always jump across and then we're in, in an attacking position, winning position actually. Because I had a feeling that in the first laps, Mathieu was really looking at Wout to uh, always sitting in the wheel. Well, he never marked you. Uh, Only Poggy. Yeah, Poggy and, and Mats Pedersen also. Yeah. Yeah. Those yeah. two were really marking me because they knew yeah. I was going to try early. Um, and then at a certain point, Tish uh, Benoit came to me and he asked, how do you feel? You still have to try something. I said, it's not going to work. It's better <laughs> that I, I do something for Wout or for you guys. And then it started to rain. Uh, yeah, Narvaez yeah. had the crash, group split in two, oh, and we never yeah. came back. So we were actually, I was already struggling at that point. But at, at that point, we were still eight, nine guys together with yeah, four Belgians. Yeah. Narvaez crashed, me and Stuyven yeah. were behind. And then in the front was Tish, Tade, uh, Mathieu and Wout, I think. And yeah, Matt and Pedersen. Betiel. And Betiel was even ahead, still a bit yeah. ahead. But at that point, my race was completely over because we never came back. And at that point, it was only marking the moves from behind from Kung, uh, Schmidt. They always tried to jump across. And then uh, Jasper and myself, we jumped on the wheel and tried to block it. But yeah, it wasn't my favorite course. But anyway, after the World Championship, I don't think you can complain with winning the ITT. I think no, you'll be course. happy after, yeah, uh, yeah. after that. But we've spoken about the World Championships, the road race, the ITT this year. But let's go back in time for a bit. Let's go back in history. Belgians will know, and 
in-depth cycling fans will also know that you've got a football history. Just like myself, I played one day for Circle Bruges when they oh, were nice. still a primary division team. <laughs> and after that one training, I never heard back from them. <laughs> good. And then it clearly went backwards when it comes to my fitness. But anyway, back to you. Your history on the Lech PSV, all those football teams. Your question was basically... Well, I don't know. I'm not Belgian, so I didn't. I wasn't following all the the sports articles back in the day. So, like, what were you cycling always? Because the the narrative is, ah, he first picked up a bike when he was 17 or something. It's like, no, no, no. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you were playing foot. Were you playing football more seriously as like this is my sport, and then cycling for a bit of fitness? What age was that? And what age was the transition to actually training more cycling seriously? Uh, well, actually, my dad in the past had a professional yeah. uh, cycling career. Not too long because he had uh, some heart problems uh, in the end. He had to stop the career. But he was a very good uh, under-23 rider. And also he won uh, some nice races in, in the Wallonie. Yeah, exactly. And that time was a very big race, yeah. actually. Because yeah. it was after the Vuelta. So a lot of guys from the Vuelta came back, did the race. and uh, But in, yeah, in the end... Uh, <laughs> after I think he went over the limit in that race and then the year after we have problems so um but no I think um I've always done a bit of mountain biking just okay. but not really mountain biking like you see it on in professional racing um but in the summer holidays because we always got a schedule from the from Anderlecht from the football team to stay a bit in shape you had like yeah. two weeks off and then a bit of running um fitness gym um, and I always wanted to adapt a bit of um, mountain biking just okay. to do something else. So I think that's where I, in that time of my uh, life, it was more enjoying the mountain bike in off season and really football with the goal. I want to become professional. Right. Uh, then at the age of 15, uh, I broke my left hip. It was a, a grow, I mean, I, I would say it, a growing injury. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Like the bones were growing, but the muscles were not yeah. following okay. at that time. And I think uh, there was just a piece of bone that got yeah, <laughs> taken off. A bone spur or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I don't actually know the, the word in English. Um, so yeah, I've, I've, I broke my two hips. <laughs> nice achievement, no? <laughs> Congratulations um, yeah, on breaking you. your two hips. Yeah, thank you. How do you rate your results you have versus breaking your two hips? What would you prefer to do again? <laughs> well, <I'd say> if <laughs> yeah, which the results is okay, no, I think. <laughs> yeah. But then in the end, um, the first couple of weeks uh, starting the rehab, I couldn't run. So I had to ride a bike okay. uh, more indoors than, than outdoors. Uh, and that's where more and more I got interested by, uh, by cycling. But to be honest, I always followed cycling to the France, to the Flanders, Roubaix. Right. Those races in Belgium, you just cannot miss them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, especially with my father having a cycling uh, past. So... Uh, and then, yeah, uh, having the rehab came back on level. Um, and a certain moment, um, I was captain of the national team and of my, of my team. Then they put me on the bench and I started to ask myself questions. Is it worth yeah. it to continue? Uh, stuff like that. Then in the end, I was not even on the bench anymore, but just not in the uh, 15 right. players that could go to the game. And then I was really starting to hate the sport, actually. Yeah, I gave it another try in Mechelen, which is also a first division team in Belgium. Uh, and then in a, at a certain moment on Sunday, I always had like running trainings uh, and always went with, went with my mountain bike to the, the forest where I did the running. And uh, I was standing in front of the, of the forest, ready to push off the Garmin to start <laughs> the, the run. And then I just said, okay, look, or you just do your training and you go for it, or 
you take your bike, you go back home, and you change sports or and your life and everything actually. Really? And what is that? Fifteen. That was at the age of no seventeen. So it's already two years. Okay. Uh, further. So it was actually one year of like playing a game, being on the bench, not yeah. even in the selection. Being sad. Again, yeah. yeah. And so it was one year really up and down. Okay. Uh, came also out in my school results actually because I, to be honest, I was a very good student. I always had good notes, but that year was really, I was just trash at school. You know, I was <laughs> a lot of uh, under the fifty percent and just completely yeah, but fucked things up actually, and then completely lost lost my mind actually almost. What direction would that have gone if sports was the thing? As in, would you have become a Flemish farmer or <laughs> yeah. uh, in around it's Brussels, Brussels you're not really Brussels, a farmer. You know? <laughs> From Brussels to no, no, no. So uh, I was I wanted to become actually a physio. So I always yeah. I've always wanted to do something with sports. Right. If I could not become professional, it was yeah, or cycling podcast, you know, yeah. something like this. So, uh, but no, I think uh, was uh, maybe the best choice of my life to change sports at that moment. Okay, I think so. But so yeah, I, I think I have a little bit of a cycling. Uh, past but not really like when you're 14 15 you race never uh, never like that but is it that different because like is it really that different to a lot of the guys because yeah there are guys who like tom dumoulin racing you know 12 years old or whatever but like ben o'connor i'm friends with you know he was a runner he's yeah. then started, but no one's like oh ben o'connor he like he didn't learn to ride a bike or something i i feel like what you're describing is pretty normal and then when you're 17 is that you're like mountain bike goes in the garage then you're getting a road bike power meter training like straight away you're like this is my sport now that transitions like that uh no first i uh, i i stole the bike of my dad oh, so right. way too big <laughs> so i have a 52 frame and he had a 54 uh yeah. but at that time i think he had a i shouldn't say but it was a pinarello but it was uh it's different sizes i think yeah like an because, 56 real top two yeah it's like really really strange uh sizes comparing to to the specialized ones so uh i took his bike it was just like a small computer on it with time and kilometers so right. nothing special so just rode like uh, two and a half hours i think on my first proper ride i had like 33 average or something on training so which was uh pretty crazy actually because yeah. it was the first time i rode outside i had no tires with me no bidons just took the bike went Fine. out yeah i had my phone of course, <laughs> but uh, to be honest i was not because my my parents didn't uh they didn't know i wanted to change into okay. yeah. uh, into cycling and my um uh running coach the physical coach my private coach he knew and he trained my dad in the past right uh yeah. so there was a bit of a you know thing going on that i want to keep it secret for a while but then he told me look if you want to change you have to tell it this week and we have to change as fast as possible okay and that's what my dad also said so if you i think i uh my first race was the 2nd of april 2017 Mm -hmm. uh, and I told it the weekend before. So I, I <laughs> my first race was the, the weekend of the Ronde van Vlaanderen, actually. So the yeah. switch to cycling, as in actually starting to ride races, how easy was that to find a team to ride races instantly at that level? Uh, I did my first race in the, you know, the black jersey, individual rider. Yeah. Um, just finished race in the bunch, which was already quite a success. Yeah. Um, then a few days later, we had the... Uh, the Time trial championship of Vlaams Brabant. So, uh, you know, with the local, yeah, yeah. the local riders. But we had Arne Maric, which was at that time one of the best yeah, yeah. juniors uh, now. from Belgium. Yeah, he's pro now. Um, and a few others, I think. Uh, I think Ilan was not at the race at that time, uh, Van Wilder. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I came 10th in my first time trial with a normal bike. 
with just a small, you know, like uh, yeah, set of bars, you know, yeah. but a normal uh, road uh, handlebar. So uh, I became 10th, I think around 48, 50 seconds from, uh, from Arnes. So it was a, quite a big achievement. And then there was the famous uh, Patrick Verschure. I don't know if you know. You should. I know Patrick Verschure. He, uh, he was also professional at, at Lotto. Okay. Uh, and he had a, a junior team at that time, yeah. uh, Forte. And uh, he said, look, you are quite talented. We want you in the team. And for me, it was already like, like going into quick step, you know? Like, wow, <laughs> is it? Yeah, did it feel the same emotionally? Actually, yeah. Actually, yeah, because at that time, Forte had really good drivers. Um, for example, Olaf Koy uh, yeah, yeah. rode there. Wessel Krull, he's riding for uh, Human Power Health. Yeah, he is. And there were still a few others. Danny van der Tuck from uh, yeah. Kern Parma, I think. I think so. He, yeah. Didn't he ride for Metek at some point? Or? Yeah, yeah, but he went to Kern yeah. uh, now. So actually very good riders. Okay. One of the best junior teams uh, at that time. So for me, it was already something like, okay, this is maybe a first step to something <laughs> unachievable, you know? Yeah. And you're already like, mentally, I'm, I want to be a professional cyclist. Already mentally, that's, that's uh, like my goal. And then once you're on that junior team, you're getting more guidance and the professionalism of your training goes up at that point to be honest in 17 it was not as crazy as it is now um okay. no power meters just riding on the heart rate on the feeling uh okay. so it was not not like it was now so uh i'm actually really surprised because we i spoke with the, uh, the two junior guys that did the tt as well last week and the guys were like with the 56 11 and i was like oh, wait you can ride a 56 11 so i was not even aware of the gear changes yeah uh for the juniors and also the the programs they have uh using bicarbonate everything you know yeah, for the yeah. tts yeah. and i was like i've never done that until my first year as a professional so it was all everything was super low-key super basic nothing special and i think that's also something why i'm still improving a lot now in the professional okay. ranks because in the junior times i was doing everything just on the feeling and super low-key actually okay. when it comes to those junior years at what point during those years because like you were winning a lot Let's be honest about it. You were in my second year. Yeah, you were cleaning some of the races, yeah. most of the races in that second year. Oh, you won in your first year. Yeah, I Jeppini won seven, seven yeah. races. Uh, More than a lot of riders. Yeah, it was quite because <laughs> I started in April, so it was quite a short season. Exactly. Uh, went to the worlds in my first year. Yeah. So it was pretty special actually. Um, and my first big race where they actually kind of discovered me was in Basque Country. I don't remember the name of uh, the race, but Machin was there, who is now working yeah. in UAE. He was there and yeah. then gave my name to uh, the Quickstep team. Oh, because he was the scout for Quickstep. Yeah, at, at that, that time. time he was okay. scout for Quickstep. Yeah, and he scouted Almeida to Quickstep as well. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And Asgren wasn't he also in that same period? Yeah. Period. Yeah. Uh, he was professional the year before me, but we were yeah. stagiaire at the same point, and I still was going to do my second year junior then, and he yeah. became professional in eighteen, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Eighteen. Jesus, time flies. That it's feels like crazy. yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But it's interesting seeing like how that person at that moment on that team, how now his selections or how he influenced what's happening now in teams five years later. It's just, yeah, it's interesting knowing like, oh, he was there. That's why that rider's there. Yeah, exactly. Um, but he has uh, a lot of knowledge. He's yeah, a really smart guy. Were there multiple teams, Walter teams that you heard of interest from or was it much in first and then you were already talking to, to Quickstep already or... Yeah. What was uh, the chronology of that? Yeah, first, uh, yeah, now it's Sudal Quickstep, but at that yeah. time was uh, Quickstep Floors, just Quickstep Floors. Yeah. They uh, were the first ones to to come. They gave me the bike. Actually, no, I've I have to say I was normally I was supposed to go to uh, Action Axion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
the team Against of Axel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, but then after winning the Europeans with the 10 minutes, I don't know what it was. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Then it, it became actually quite crazy. And then Quickstep said, look, you come straight to us because then there was a Team Sky at the time uh, pulling on the arm, uh, Mitchelton Scott back then. Um, so those three teams were really um, pulling. But then, yeah, there was a bit of a, I'm not going to say fight, but, you know, a bit of argument with the Axion team because yeah. uh, they were really... Oh, they uh, spelled you do the next year. Yeah, I was going to go one year under 23 with them yeah, and then right. go to the pro ranks. But like after that yeah. uh, European and world championship, uh, things were clear that I had to go straight to the pros, which was a big risk. Yeah. Of course, after only racing one year and, that wasn't normal and then. five months. Now it's normal now. Now it's normal. But yeah. it's still sometimes I feel like some guys come too early. Oh, for sure. And it's a bit... Sometimes it's going a bit in the wrong way. But of course, yeah, I'm, I'm the bad example of it because... It, I feel like, I mean, a lot of people say to me, it's after you, everything changed in the youth ranks. Every, everybody wants to become pro as soon as possible. A bit more strict and everything. And I don't think so. I think guys probably, are just better younger because yeah, they're yeah, using yeah. power meters yeah. by carbonate. Yeah, like you said, they're I mean. just better yeah. now. That's what I mean. Like everything that the pros did back then yeah. is now starting already in the uh, nivelling, how you say it. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. The category the, under the, the juniors. Cadets or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the under 17 that's... <laughs> I didn't it know already starts there, the actually. They have power meters. They train four or five hours. It's, it's impressive. How do they train four or five hours with school? How long is school the school day in Belgium? Oh, my school day was 8.30 to 5.30. But nowadays, they can have, like, these special... Oh, sports school. Like, agreements where they yeah. can go... When they skip three hours of class to do their trainings. And Are you jealous all. of those days? <laughs> but to be honest, I... Because uh, I skipped my last year of school. Yeah? Because I was getting oh, professional. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. No, I didn't finish my high school. Okay. So because um, I was getting professional. Worth it. Yeah. In hindsight. But in the end, I asked to the school that I was back then, can we make an, an arrangement that I just skip, I don't know, that we, for example, gym. I skip the gym classes yeah. uh, because I was doing... I'm doing some cardio already. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but that's, that's it. No, like I was, I asked them, I did science uh, languages. So okay. I said, just let me do the science and the languages. Just these classes yeah, yeah. and not mathematics and, you know, um, history, stuff like that. I said, it's not where my goal is. Yeah. So I can train in those hours and do yeah. the school, like my main um, classes. Yeah. I will finish them and do my best and try to. You were like. But they didn't want to. So then. Really? Uh, yeah, no, they didn't want to. They you were like, oh, I'll skip. I'll skip miles. I already know what per kilo I like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you just got to divide weight by a yeah, power yeah, by the yeah. weight. That's all you need. Exactly. <laughs> but like, before we round off juniors, I want to know the world champs. So were you signed with Quickstep? You said there was a big fight. Was that before the world champs? In, the junior uh, one. I signed, junior I signed during the Tour de France. Uh, I went to watch a stage. Okay. I think the stage where Gilbert crashed in, uh, in the ravine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so this I, is 2018. Yeah, 18. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I won the race one week before. Okay. And then uh, Patrick said, you come to the Tour. Um, yeah. I went in Vivre Velo in the uh, TV show yeah. in okay. Belgium. And then uh, I signed the contract. Only the, the real men go to Vivre Velo, right? Well, my Dutch is getting there. My Duolingo Dutch <laughs> yeah, is getting yeah. there. I know Vilekeke is not that's about yeah. it. <laughs> but what, what was the goatee celebration? You win worlds, you come back from the mechanical. I, that was, you know, that was my first, one of my first viral videos yeah, yeah, on my yeah. channel was you doing it and then you did the goatee. Yeah, yeah. What was that? What did that mean? Uh, one of my best friends actually told me, look, if you win, just do it. And I know it's for me. And then I just did it. It was nothing special. It was uh, just like uh, a deal. 
Okay. And a bit of a follow-up to that. We've seen a few celebrations in the in the history of Remco Evenepoel, as in the the shoulder uh the clean yeah. thing and That's Michael Jackson. Yeah. Did you stop that because of the controversy? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, I have to be honest. I think uh it's something that I took with me from the football history, I think, because there, you know, if you score a goal, the celebration yeah. can be like Sui, a party. Yeah, you can punch the yeah, flag, yeah, like, whatever, yeah. You do whatever, <laughs> you, you you kick the corner flag yeah. or whatever, you can even start Team to Cahill. dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, so I think I took it a bit, a bit with me, okay. but I quickly realized it was not really loved in the cycling world. or there was a shame. A, yeah, because I think if you win a race, you deserve to celebrate it in the way yeah, that you want. Yeah. And, you know, like the shoulder wiping thing was nothing special it was just because i'm a big michael jackson fan right and i also because it was the lockdown was the first race again uh, after the the lockdown and i just said to umi look if i win i'm gonna do the uh <laughs> i don't know which which song it was again um oh well it's one of the songs where he dances in uh well, that's a lot uh, of them. <laughs> exactly but it's a, it's a specific dance where he does this and then you know um i don't know which song it is but one thing you've spoken about the junior celebration, it was a deal. Let's make a deal now. If you win a Vuelta stage, you got to celebrate. You have to. Uh, oh, he'll win the TT. Well, you can't celebrate the TT yet. <laughs> oh, true, yeah. You know what? You know what? Dude, you know if what you do I that, wanted... you get so much criticism. If, <laughs> yeah. you, if you lose two seconds celebrating the TT. Yeah, but you know, last week, I checked the, the time board and I saw that it was still green. So I knew I was going to win. So I actually, you know, I wanted to do like, you know, like a fist or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just realized, oh, I shouldn't do it. It's a TT. You have to go full till the end. Yeah. But at that point, also, I wasn't the last one. For example, if it would be next year and I start as last and I right. know that I'm, I don't know, 20, 30 seconds ahead at the finish line, then you can celebrate. I think Dennis yeah. celebrated in Harrogate. Cancellara also did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Dennis also did, yeah. yeah. But after the finish line. But oh, he started it? last, no? Yeah, I think he won back yeah. to back, no? Or no, uh, Dumla won in Bergen. Yeah, but yeah. Dumla didn't participate. So okay. I think that's why Dennis... And yeah. with Roglic, you know the fight that Roglic overtook him on the yeah, finish line. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I that moment I was I was in the hot seat, and I was going as fast as possible to the hot seat to see the 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 final the final of uh of Dennis, and then I was oh fuck one minute something. Oh, yeah, oh. He was, man, that, that was, was a, crazy. That was a hard course. That course probably would suit you more now than the recent one. In yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, yeah, yeah, because if I see the powers now, it was almost the same time, a bit longer, but much harder. Okay. Uh, I think it's a bit comparable with next year, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably. But it was good to be second as a Neo Pro, no? Yeah, because everyone was like, oh, Tarling. And I, I actually picked Tarling to win the TT yeah. in Sterling. Yeah. But he didn't, but he still did pretty well. That was it? still super and impressive. I was, like, I was like, oh, that must be the first teenager. And then I realized, no, you actually yeah. came second in 20, 2019. Yeah. But you mentioned you 23 people making mistakes, maybe going too early. Do you think if Quickstep, had the dev team they had now, you would have done the year at U23 at Quick Step instead of going straight, or maybe even six months. Because did, didn't... Yeah, Oka you can go into like 1st of August, no? Yeah, didn't Oka Brooks or someone do six months? Would you think, think you so. might have done that? Ayuso also switched. Yeah, Ayuso did six months. But if I have to look at my first year as a pro, I had quite some, some crashes, not being really used to riding the bunch. At that time, or now, I would say, yeah, I should have done one year in the okay. under-23 ranks and then go over because probably then I would still improve a bit in the under 23s um but i think yeah to say it today it doesn't make much sense anymore yeah but i have to be honest i think maybe at that time for 2019 and 2020 would have been better to uh to one year of the under 23s 
or even six months because let's be honest but then in the end I, I won San Sebastian yeah and but you could have done so. San Sebastian if you did it, six months it's all ah, after yeah, okay. it's after August then maybe yeah, yeah. it's a hindsight talk though so. no chance yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got a time machine I reckon in hindsight <laughs> maybe it was, yeah, uh, yeah if I would do half a year that would be, would be a better option Belgium tour, though. yeah but yeah. Yeah. at that time it was a big thing but to be oh, honest nowadays it doesn't make sense anymore you know it's I mean maybe to win it another time later in the career but you know with the tour and all that stuff in races like this you don't want to yeah risk it too much anymore so were there people like for example the ball was a belgium tour that was a pretty impressive victory in my opinion arguably with san sebastian you you anticipated before the climb the rest's probably well they knew who Remco Evenepoel was because it's a pretty big talent in cycling at that point but they might have risked waiting a little bit and so forth you reckon people I don't know. Were there still people doubting you after San Sebastian? Uh, probably, yeah. <laughs> probably still today, no? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I think at that point it made sense because it, may, it was a surprise and maybe yeah. it was, you know, by accident that I won <laughs> San Sebastian. Um, yeah. Kind of. So <laughs> for me, it was understandable. There was still a bit of doubt. But I felt like when I became second on the Worlds yeah. in the TT, that there a lot of doubters yeah. uh, went away because, you know, a TT, it doesn't lie. It's the strongest wins. Okay, you can have bad luck with your... Like Victor had that day. He crashed. Yeah. Also Lampy yeah, crashed. Um, but still, yeah. I think in a long TT like that, the result never lies. Um, so, yeah, I think after that, second place was a, a much less... Um, a lot less of uh, doubters. But still, yeah. Then after uh, the Giro... Uh, 21 yeah. stuff like that you know it came back up but i think that was a bit of you know because of my quick rise and uh, yeah. the hype and everything around but i think now nowadays i deal quite well with it and just stay calm yeah it. i think so and and like there was that Lombarda crash of course a pretty big event in your career so far which led up to that giro 2021 you were mentioning was that a difficult period mentally how did you manage that recovery towards that Giro? Because I, I, I vaguely recall there being postponements of your return because you were supposed to ride a race earlier before the Giro and then it disappeared. Yeah, and how did you manage that recovery and how did, well, yeah, what support did you have and so forth? To be honest, the recovery itself, when we don't speak about the bike, went no. quite well. Everything okay. was quite smooth. Uh, big support from my, from my family, um, especially... Uh, because my parents were working at the time because yeah, it was September. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. when I was no, no uh, the, COVID, the end yeah, of right? August and then September that I was in my hospital bed at home. So I think I did like ten days in the hospital, Italy, Belgium. Okay. Then I could go home, yeah. but still had to do like four or five weeks in the bed. Uh, so in September my parents were working and uh, Umi had exams, so she was with me at home. Uh, you know, was like a big. A big struggle also for her because she wanted to take care of me, but she had to study. And uh, I mean, it's going to be a, a big thing I'm going to say now, but I couldn't go to the big toilet myself. Yeah. So I always had to ask to help me because yeah. I couldn't sit on the toilet with the yeah. bone that was broken because otherwise it would completely stretch out again. Right. So stuff like that, you know, and at that time it all looks normal. But then when everything has been healed up again and you think about it, it's like, well, it was actually a, a brutal period how did we went through it so smooth uh so yeah i just have i had a big big support um to my parents and and Dumi, of course uh also the team every every week there was somebody coming to check also bramati came 
yeah. from Italy to Belgium just really? to say hello, to see how I was. Uh, so that was all pretty special. Uh, and then, yeah, there was the, the rehab um, with all the special exercises and stuff <laughs> like that to build the muscle again and um, just to become a, a normal human again because I had to learn bulking again. And um, yeah, so of riding the bike, there was still no, no, no talks about because, yeah, we never knew how I was going to ride a bike. Um, Did you think your career could be done or at least that you might never come uh, back to on the trajectory you were like with the moments where you thought I'm not going to get back to that second at world's level again yeah of course because the bone that I broke is the bone that you sit on the whole right. day so if there was a problem or like a friction problem or just if there was too much bone yeah. around after the, the fracture you could have a problem on the bike and sit completely yeah. like uh, blocked in the back or completely not straight on your bike whatever so there were a lot of doubts, but in, I think when I restarted riding the bike, it was uh, around December, probably. Okay. Uh, so I did a training camp, but I, 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 I was in a rush to be on a training camp with the team. Yeah. And I wanted to ride with the guys again to show that I was back on level. First training with the team, just forced myself completely. The fracture went open again. Wow. A little, I mean, oh. not, not, not like this, you know, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. one millimeter, but a millimeter is enough. So... Complete setback, again, eight weeks off the bike, uh, yeah. only in the swimming pool. Um, but I think we just went too fast uh, with the gym exercises um, because Ivan van Mol is the the, doc, the specialist for the fractures in the team. And he, he said, like, you, you should have started one month in the swimming pool because the water lifts your weight up and then you can move the bones and the muscles without putting too much pressure on, on your body. And... Uh, we actually started to do that in January, December, January. So it was way too late. It was okay. almost half a year after the, the crash. And so. personally, uh, did that crash also, we spoke about the cycling, the rehab and so forth, but did that also give you like a, a new perspective on life itself, you reckon? For sure, yeah. If you are, I mean, I'm not going to say I was close to that, like, uh, like Fabio, for example, mm -hmm. but it was also quite close. Then you, you realize there are some more important things than riding the bike. Uh, you know, the smaller things, going to the cinema or do the movies with your family, with the brothers and sisters of uh, this of podcast. Me. Have you seen Barbie yeah, yeah. and Oppenheimer? Not yet. Not really. Oppenheimer. What do you think is going to be better? Barbie or Oppenheimer? Yeah. Uh, I suppose Oppenheimer, no, for or not. I've only seen Barbie. My wife yeah, made me go. I've seen both. Actually pretty You've good. seen like, You've like, seen both. We saw both. Barbie. Yeah? Yeah, we went in Andorra. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can see it actually in the cinema. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. There we go. There we go. <laughs> I've seen both. I was I was forced to watch Barbie with a, a pink shirt on, which... No. Yeah, like half the, half the movie theater had pink shirts with on. Your, with your cat or... No, no, no. The... <laughs> like, they, uh, for, for context, we've got a new kitten and the kitten is called Remco because my <laughs> wife decided to call the kitten Remco. So. Nice. Thank That's you. a thing now. What an honor. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to make you meet the cat at some point. Right. I don't know how, but we'll make it work. Are you, you'll be in Barcelona. Yeah, but I, I don't think we nah, can fly with the nine-month-old. Nine come nine, with a car, no. Nine-week-old kitten yet. Just come with a car. <laughs> From the UK. <laughs> From the UK. Yeah. 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 I can't actually enter the UK, but that's a whole oh, other story. A story. <laughs> so which movie was the best? I, I feel he's going to say Barbie. No, nah, I no, think Oppenheimer sure. was no. the best. Ah, okay. I don't think I was that critical about Barbie as other people But it's were like kind of Barbie in real life. No, it's not like Barbie with the... No, nah, it's, it's Barbie in real life. It's yeah, an yeah. adult film. It's ah, not okay. for children, ah, okay. really. Well, kids can't see it. They can see it, but it's got more of a, a story in it that kids won't understand. Yeah, true. Ah, okay. Yeah, Margot Robbie from the Gold Coast. 
<laughs> that, so, that's a story Bobby's the best yeah. All right. I haven't seen Oppenheimer yet <laughs> it's a good movie Oppenheimer but very long you compare now your preparation to the welter what you're doing how prepared you're going to be and you compare how you were one week 10 days before that Giro 21 how different does it feel today you mean yeah or like your preparation for the welter last year where you won how underprepared now that you know how you need to prepare to win how underprepared do you think you were for that Giro 21? No, because well, he, yeah, yeah. he rushed back. And he, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I only had five weeks of training. Yeah. And I had some good numbers on the 15-minute test. Okay. So we thought like, okay, shape is there. But yeah. the baseline was not there, you okay. know. Um, and to be honest, we should have never started the Giro at that time. Um, because with five weeks of training, you don't even prepare a season with that. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. you prepare a season with... Let's say six weeks of... No, not even. You prepare San Juan with that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You prepare for San Juan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you prepare to race, no? Like, in six weeks, you're yeah. kind of ready to do, to do like, the boomerang attack and then yeah. fly, fly back completely. Dude, no one so. can touch Lopez on Colorado. No, exactly. He was flying. Yeah, he was flying. Oh. But, no, no. But, I mean, five weeks, if I see... I've been preparing the Vuelta last year since the winter, actually. I mean, you first okay. have like that Liège period, mm -hmm. but then you go from the first day after Liège, you say, okay, we have to lose those two kilos now to go yeah. into the Vuelta, stuff like that. So it's a complete different thing. And yeah, like I said, the Giro would have been possible if I didn't have all those setbacks, but yeah. those setbacks didn't have to be there if we did a normal and calm rehab and if we took our time uh, just to, to grow Tranquilo, you know, not nothing hey, Spanish. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah we'll, get, we'll get to some Spanish people coming in later. Ah, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it was the worst decision that we have ever made to start okay. a Giro at that time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was good for 10 days, but then you could see. Yeah, you're in what? But it's, I mean, it's a bit, maybe it's not up to me to say, but if you see the prep of Poggi of this year's tour, yeah. he had the crash, he couldn't ride a bike outside yeah. quite a long time. Jonas just probably had the perfect preparation. Yeah, yeah. You you always will see it in the third week of a Grand Tour. So that's a bit. And on the stages with the with the highest kilojoules. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's where your base aerobic efficiency. Yeah, exactly, will, exactly. Yeah. Also, Giro always rains. At that time, I was like super skinny, but yeah, you didn't, looked. So, I, yeah. It was unnatural because I I could have eaten what I wanted at that time. I just didn't gain the weight. I was close to sixty kilos, so my body was still. Not completely recovered from And you're the... still healing. So you need more yeah. calories for that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So it, it just wasn't a good decision. But probably some pressure from the organization and stuff like that. So your face when the stage Bernal won, stage nine, Rocca del Cambio, in yeah. the rain and the gravel finish. Yeah. In the rain, your face looked... Yeah, completely I know, I know. Yeah, it's, empty. it's true. Even the stage where uh, I almost won, uh where Gino still won. Yeah. Yeah. Stage yeah. six. Six, yeah. That uh you know, there was one of the days that I said to the team. I should have gone for it, tried to win the stage at least. But then I said, no, think about the GC, you know. And yeah. okay. So at that time, should have just go for the stages, try to take whatever I could take. Yeah. I could have done the Giro, but just without any pressure, just to do three weeks, take it as a training camp. Yeah, yeah. How, <laughs> Giro training, rough training camp. camp. Yeah, rough training camp. <laughs> but you know, without stress, just go in the Gruppetto like I yeah. did uh, stage 15. Well, Peacock did in the tour last year. Yeah, sort, exactly. Sort of. Yeah, kind yeah. of, yeah. So just get dropped, take 30 minutes, don't stress about it. Yeah. I think there would have been a big, big, big 
positive thing for my mm-hmm. uh yeah for the improvement during the season but during that time, during that Giro, there was the co-leadership with Joao Almeida, for example. And, like, I'm completely unaware of there being drama in the team or anything between you two. But on social media, between the Belgian fans and the Portuguese fans, complete war. Ah, yeah. Do you notice oh, that? Off. How online are you when you're in a Grand Tour? Uh, actually not. So it's quite a surprise to hear now. What, well, you didn't know? You no. did not know? I mean... Dude. <laughs> no, I know there were like... It be, kicked off. Yeah, because probably, you know, when, especially the gravel stage where Joao yeah, had yeah. to wait for me, I said in the radio, Joao, go for yourself. Do your thing. Because I felt like if somebody helps me or not, it's yeah. not going to work at all. Yeah. But from the car, they said, Joao, you have to wait okay. to bring me back. So at that time, there was a... I already knew like I'm, my shape yeah. is taking off. I had a super bad rest day, actually. So probably from all the trainings I did, uh, just going straight to the Giro then having those nine days and then just having a rest day completely yeah fucked that day actually because i was really on a bad level that day because there was this the rest day after stage three was there or no no no, 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 no the gravel no, was no. stage 10. no yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah gravel was the day after the yeah, the first rest yeah day. no stage? it was stage 11 because we did 10 stages that year we started on on friday with the tt and we had 10 yeah, stages really? straight rest day on um Monday and yeah. then but we started on Friday or yeah. we had rest day on Tuesday. And then that the last week actually. the last week was only five days. I mean okay. on, only <laughs> only five days but of like seven thousand meters of climbing. But <laughs> so to be honest, between Joao and myself, we always understood each other very well. We yeah. were uh, I'm not gonna say friends, but we were good teammates. Yeah. Till now we always speak with each other, never have any problems. So it was a bit more like the team orders, you know, when when Joao dropped five minutes on that stage four. And I was still up there, top 10, uh, being able to, to be up there with the big guys. They decided that Joao had to work for me, but I think it was a bad decision because in the end, if you see how he... Uh, yeah. I think he finished fourth. Fourth fifth, or fifth, yeah. But, he, like but in the mountains in the third week, he was better than that. Yeah. Like Uncle like, Pino he yeah, was really exactly. good. The stage I crashed, for example, in Sega de Ala, where yeah. then Martin won. Yeah. Uh, that day, we were completely convinced I was going to work for him. I dropped okay. super early on that long climb. Yeah, but I felt like they went super fast in the first five minutes. I was always like one minute behind, and then I came back on top. And then there was a crash with the Nibali and the team that yeah. they went out of the corner and uh, feel my bit of stress in the descent at that moment. Okay. Uh, but I, I think that day, because I was getting a bit better again, if that day I could help him on the final climb for sure, he would have won the stage, and that was the plan. But yeah. I think with, with all the circumstances and stuff around going on, things had a another image than it actually was. So you, you're not online during a Grand Tour, you're not on Twitter, you're not on well, Instagram, seeing, yeah, I, seeing takes, seeing people's opinions, or uh, you well, can shield your mind from it even if you see it. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can. Uh, I'm never on Twitter, so that's, uh, I think, a good Since thing. Since the Man? Yeah, it's possible, actually. <laughs> Bring it back, it's come possible. on. It was so good. We're really sad on Twitter yeah. since you left. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Now it's super commercial, no? Yeah, you got to come back on Twitter, yeah. yeah. No, because oh. I, I don't want to have those things like, like Patrick also had, you know, like uh, having, a, you know, a, an idea. Oh, I have to put it down and then one million. Oh, I just do what I, I do. I just fire it off, close the app. And yeah, then yeah, but in real life, it doesn't it's not exist. That easy. In <laughs> Belgium, it's not that easy, actually. <laughs> I think I even called you out on that tweet that day. Oh, yeah? Yeah. No, motor, no it's very respectful. Way, so yeah. good. It was ah. a good tweet. I, I like the honest reactions. And in cycling, that's not necessarily 
accept it as much as you see it in like a football or something. Yeah, or, exactly. Or it's, NBA. It's something, NBA it's something that I have some difficulties with sometimes because mm -hmm. in interviews I always say... Your opinion? What I have on my tongue, you know? I don't know if you say it like this in <laughs> no, English. You just say it. Yeah, yeah. The, what's on the tip of your tongue? <laughs> yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I just say what I feel I have to say. Um, and sometimes I feel like it's a bit... They don't want to accept it or it's because it's me or I don't know. You know, sometimes it's quite hard to... To process all of that, but well, you got labeled as arrogant a lot. People said, "Yeah, just, that's yeah, what I mean." Just, that's, yeah, and it's, you, got, it's not, and you, you can't shake that label. Yeah. it's hard to shake it. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean, and it's a bit difficult because I think I'm not arrogant at all, uh, especially behind the scenes with the with the guys in in the bus yeah. or whatever, the family and stuff like that. But just in an interview, if they ask me a question, I will just give an honest yeah, answer yeah. and not say like, "Oh, we'll see." Uh, blah, blah, you see things like that. Just say I'm in good shape. I'm here to try and win and stuff like that. Uh, I'm just not good enough. Or like with the worlds, like the, the road race, I just said, look, yeah. well. it wasn't my course. I tried, but it just wasn't today. You just have to be honest. And I think that's the best way to, to go through life and the career, in my opinion. Well, I'm getting emotional, no? Well, I'll speak a little bit on your, I'll speak a little bit on your behalf here because it kind of happened a few weeks ago. I think someone said, someone asked you about your opinion on the Tour de France, Jonas and Poggy. And... It kind of then the headlines got taken from that where like Remco Evenepoel thinks he can beat Jonas and Pogacar, but I'll I'll just give a reality check to everybody. Like, if you don't think you can win the Tour de France, hey, you won't. Don't fucking turn up. No, no. Like yeah, all won't. the like top athletes, you have to do even if it's kind of unrealistic. You have to do positive visualization because if you don't do that, you think ah oh, they're too good. Oh. Who am I to attack them? Then don't turn up. So that's what all the yeah. athletes are thinking. Yeah, maybe it's also the good day to say, skip the tour. It was worth it to win the TT in the Worlds because that's why I skipped the tour okay. this year to win the TT in the Worlds. And I think also, if you see my Tour de Suisse, I, I wasn't at my level that I yeah. should be. If I'm at my top level, I've probably, I would probably win the race. Um, with a big fight against uh, Matthias and also Felix Gal because and Ayuso because the guys were actually flying, yeah. uh, especially Gal and uh, Skelmosen. They yeah. were really, really in super good shape. But it, I think at that moment I needed a race. You know the suffering in the race yeah. to yeah. go over the limit again and also learn how to ride defensive. Like if you feel like if I w at that moment I feel like I don't have the legs to beat all those guys to drop them. Yeah. Stay in the wheel, respond attacks, wait for the final sprint, yeah, become yeah. second, you know, things like this. It, it helped a lot, actually. About that behavior, about that realization that, okay, now I need to ride differently. How do you feel that has evolved throughout your career? For example, in the first year you arrived in, in World Tour, Balwaz, a Belgium Tour, and so forth, you kind of just were just trying to force the race and see where it goes at moments that were much earlier than traditionally yeah, yeah. in cycling. Like, was it? Copa Bernocchi, where you also did it at some point, end up winning that race. We had 150 kilometers in the breakaway with five guys. <laughs> the bunch never came back, and then I dropped them 40k to go, one with three minutes, and the bunch 10 minutes, something like that. It was yeah. But I think um, in that the first years it worked out because it was yeah. kind of new. But now every classic breaks open at 70k to go. Yeah. Not two guys, but like 10 guys, big group, 20 kilometers later, again attack. Five guys go off. So that's a bit how racing is now. And you can actually also say this from, for example, Campanars with his marginal gains in the past. Yeah. Everybody does it now. So what he had in his advantage a few years ago is now 
just the baseline is just normal in cycling. I think it's also a bit with the race situations, early finals. It's we'll look, normal now. We'll look at Poggy's bike change over winter. His hoods, yeah. Yeah. he changed yeah. everything, Completely. narrow handlebars. He came closer to yeah. his uh, handlebar as yeah. well. Like, uh, you could really see it. Huge I change. was really surprised when I saw him riding, uh, where was it? Ruta del Sol, I think. Yep. Yeah. You could really see me like, yeah. He, must, he must have another position. It looks it looks strange the first days, but yeah, yeah, looks like it's still <laughs> working. Yeah, must be benefiting. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. But going through your history a little bit more, Worlds twenty twenty um twenty twenty one versus twenty twenty two versus twenty twenty three. Do you feel like like your role had been a bit of a question mark in twenty twenty one? For example, there was a lot of drama in Belgian media around it. At some point, I'm I'm like, oh, so much drama in Belgian media about it. He got but, sold out. Okay. I'll say. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should have been co-leader. Oh, I agree. I had, a, I had a good day. But, you know, like, the big thing that is what they, when they asked, did you have legs to become world champion? That was, like, the famous question that yeah. they asked me. We got it here, dude. Oh, ah, yeah? <laughs> yeah, it's on the list. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's the question they asked me, no? Like, in yeah, the TV it, show. It was. And uh, then I just said, yes, but it didn't make sense that day. But they, they skipped the part of it didn't make sense. <laughs> right, okay. You know? So I was, yeah, they just yeah. shot me down, actually. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't know. That day, Wout was in super good shape. He won almost all of his races at that yeah. time. He was yeah. super, super good. I think he deserved to be the, the leader at that time because I was going in ups and downs a lot. Okay. So we didn't know how my shape was going to be that day. But I think there were just a few mistakes during the race. But I think we learned from that race. And yeah. we took it to the year after and to this year. And we almost had two um, wins, rainbow jerseys. So I think maybe it was a good thing that things went wrong that day. I mean, wrong. We were still fourth with Jasper. Yeah, yeah. But just, you know, the situation and stuff like that weren't how they were supposed to be. When it comes to the atmosphere in the team, that probably wasn't the best atmosphere in the team that year in 2021. But do you feel like that has evolved to the point that now... You understand each other? I think it was actually also in 2021. Yeah. Yeah, because especially before the race, I mean, after the race, you know, with, with all the fans and you, we wanted to win the championship in our own country. Everybody yeah. was a bit down and thinking like, oh, we fuck it up uh, in some way. But then the days before, everybody was super relaxed, super good atmosphere. The year after, exactly the same. This year, exactly the same. But it's more the race situation. I think we all understood it's better to have multiple cards in the race. Yeah. Especially in the World Championship. Yeah. In our country, especially because this year we had uh, Wout, myself and Philipsen. Uh, but then, yeah, you always have to try because like this also you can, you can have multiple race situations where you can react or uh, adapt things. So, but I think uh, that year 21 really helped us to become a closer group. Also the coach learned a lot probably. So, I think we're only going in a positive line. And it's also like, even if you didn't have the legs to win, it's better for Wout to use you like you've tried to do in the middle laps in uh, Glasgow. Yeah. yeah, as to force Poggy to close. Like maybe, yeah, that did tire Poggy out trying to close you two yeah. or three times. So, And he has the sprint behind. So it Yeah, just, exactly. It just, you, you fit actually quite well together, you and Wout. Yeah, of course, because yeah. especially on, on those, I mean, of course, like Glasgow, I yeah. think it's it's... It's clear it was a course for yeah. Mathieu, Wout, and in my opinion, Pitcock. Um, well, this uh, problem now, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, well, we won actually, yeah. So I think um, I was, maybe I was a bit surprised that Wout was also attacking that much in the middle part of the race. Yeah. 
because he could probably have saved a bit more for the the last laps. Um, but of course, at that time, you know, if I go, there's always big names following. So Wout, it was actually a perfect combination attacking again. So the big names couldn't react or, yeah, were just too late to react. Yeah, yeah. But I think, yeah, we, we just tried to to empty the tank of all the others. But there was just one guy that that his tank just oh, didn't you, empty. You just... crash and you still take 90 seconds and exactly. you're too good. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Is. And he was super motivated, especially with what happened the year before. Yeah. And it was a course that was just yeah. perfect for him. So I think we have a deserved world champ this year. 2021 in the bin. 2022 enters the door in the house. Mm. We've got LBL. Victory. Pretty good. Algarve. Like it's, it's not the most important Started Belgian Algarve, monument. Where I actually did a, also one of my best ETs in Algarve. Yeah. Was uh, that the one Lopez we got closing? I swear Lopez has gotten closing some random Algarve uh, came ET. fourth maybe in 20, yeah. That was, uh, I don't know. No, Ganner, that was the year Ganner before. and Ineos yeah. normally do Algarve, no? Uh, it was with Kung this year. Kung, that yeah. year was with Kung. I think it was Thomas. Uh, yeah. That was there this in 2022. Yeah. There was yeah. a long TT, 32k. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, true. A bit, actually, a bit like it was uh, this year. Yeah. Flat in the beginning, a small climb. I mean, one climb. Technical downhill, flat run into the finish. Is the finish in Tavera where Jakobsen won already? Yeah. Okay. Two times, this slightly uphill drag. But uh, yeah, it was actually a good season. Huh? Yeah, pretty good season. Yeah. And I, I didn't even get to finish like the, the long list of achievements. Go on, go on. Well, I, I won't name every single we'll race. But some drinks. What else What else <laughs> you do? Belta? Oh yeah, fair enough. Pretty, pretty, pretty good race. <laughs> like, people are always going to be skeptical about, oh, is that a real Grand Tour? Because it's not the tournament. <laughs> I think no, it, it, this year it is, no? <laughs> this, yeah. this year it is. They even say it's, it's a better field than the Tour de France, so <laughs> yeah. everybody should come mm -hmm. watch. Yeah. I'm pretty disappointed in Pogacar always says oh, Remco should have uh, ridden didn't he say Remco should have ridden the Tour de France if yeah, I was as Remco, world I champion the Tour as world he said as yeah. world champion yeah. I would always do the Tour now it's your turn now you have to say if I was Pogacar <laughs> I, would, I would have ridden the, the Vuelta well, I think he's quite uh, exhausted now from all <laughs> yeah. if you saw him after the races he think it's uh, yeah. it has been quite a big fight to go to the Tour so yeah, I'll leave so him alone well. I'll, I'll <laughs> give him his rest which of those victories for you was the most like validating because 2021, you came back. We already discussed the Giro at length. Leuven, like, that wasn't the best year all the time, but you were back at a good level, at yeah. least in Leuven, without yeah. the huge win. Which of those victories was the most like, yeah, I'm back. I'm back at the, tra I'm back at the tra trajectory I was before the crash, where I should have been, where I wanted to get. Was it Liège? Was it Worlds? Was it the Vuelta? Or were they all actually different because they're different races? Uh, first, I thought Liège, but then, you know, I still had the... Not super good to the Swiss. Okay. So then I was thinking, oh, maybe I'm still in that up and down period. That's Swiss. That was a that was a COVID one. A heating yeah, issue, right? Incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, the laps in around Lugano. Yeah. Uh, was that was an, an ice on, issue? On paper, it looked a super normal stage, quite okay. But you know, around that lake, super steep, shorter climbs, yeah. technical downhills. It it was a bit like Glasgow actually. You went full up the climb. Descent, yeah. the bunch was stretched out for 1k long. We didn't enter in good position because we were way too relaxed. We thought it's going to be a, you know, like just a stage to pass <laughs> and <laughs> keep going. But then after two laps, we got dropped already with four guys. Had Full to come sent it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Super early. They went, the yeah. race opened super early as well. Uh, and then, yeah, completely overheated because I think it was like 40 degrees. I had the Iro helmet, you know, 
yeah. black on top. No, completely. No, 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 this was a... What was your first reaction time. if you saw that? That's, that's new thing. We're like, ooh. Uh, you know, when we did the wind tunnel testing, we had to wear it separately. But of course, in, uh, in um, the UCR rules, you cannot have two things separately uh, over yeah. the head, I think, for the helmet. Oh, so really? it has to be one, one thing. That's why the socks, you cannot take them off because it's, it's part of the helmet. Oh. The sock is the helmet, actually. You know, it's. It... <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So because some guys they wanted to take out. Yeah. Uh, the sock, but it just you cannot do it. It's Scissors. Just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still, you cannot yeah. do it because yeah. the way specialized. It's an approved uh, showed... piece of equipment yeah, with exactly. the UCI. Yeah. yeah. They went to the UCI. Look, this is the helmet with the sock inside. Yeah. Okay, it's approved. You have to wear it like that. Um, but I was also surprised that we were going to use a a sock. Because I thought it was going to be like the POC helmet, you know, like the alien helmet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is quite a good helmet, probably. But then, yeah, with the sock, it was uh, special and a lot of, yeah. lot of learning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think San Sebastian maybe was the victory where I thought I'm back. Oh, really? Yeah, on air lights, you were cooking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was really, like, best 12, 30-minute yeah, effort. Yeah. Or was it, I think, 7.3, 7.4, 7. something like this? and a half minutes, yeah. Yeah. So that was actually good. Yeah. Oh, my calculator uh, here. <laughs> yeah, because it's wrong. Yeah, no. <laughs> it wasn't last climb either. And then Murgil Pontorra, you yeah. also did like nearly seven for uh, yeah. six, seven minutes. Yeah, the last yeah. Climb. yeah, exactly. So that's where really where I took a lot of confidence and okay. where I thought, okay, here, from this point, we can really build towards the Vuelta or build more Yeah. Uh, towards the Vuelta. And then after the Vuelta, of course, I think winning a three-week race um, with only having one day of troubles. Uh, let's say two, the stage yeah. 14 and 15, but especially stage 14, yeah, yeah, yeah. where we actually underestimated the climb. And they're a sneaky hard. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. you have like, where the rockets attacked was like yeah. 1k, 15%, something yeah. like that. So super steep. Yeah. And on the field of view, there were only like yellow and orange parts. <laughs> so we were like, oh, it's going to be okay. We will arrive with like five, six guys together. Yeah. But uh, no, completely underestimated the climb and uh, rockets went off and I just couldn't answer it. Um, and the day after was a bit better, then had a good rest day, and then the rest is history. When it comes to that Velt and when it comes to San Sebastian, for example, and the years before, you've also had like, every time you had a clear weakness or something that was a vulnerability, you worked on that. It's how I'm guessing, because it, it got fixed eventually. But So not just, for example, there was this, this thing about, oh, he can't handle steep climbs. And then, then there was also after Lombarda crash, oh, he can't descend for shit, which is also... I always saw it as, oh, he can descend well, but if something happens in front of him that he's not expecting, but then it, the re- to be then honest, it was at that time. Yeah, it was, was it? because at that time I was kind of scared to, to descend in the wheel. Okay. Because I was always thinking, oh, he's going to miss the corner. I'm going to go with him. And that's what happened in the Giro 21 where the crash yeah, was. I nice. completely panicked and just went out of the corner. Yeah. Uh, nowadays it will not happen anymore because I will always leave like just a few meters in between the back wheel yeah and i will always have the time to react and to feel kind of comfortable um, denmark i swear there was a, a corner where Peter yeah he went straight uh, because it was certain cross yeah, yeah he sent it yeah completely and i checked the i think i think we were riding wahoo that year i don't remember well but uh, i checked on the map and it looked like it was like just a fast slightly yeah. right bend yeah but it was a, it was a 100% corner. Yeah, yeah. Really, it, it turned back and I 
And they're all Danish. They probably know it. Yeah, <laughs> you would. He knew it because I think he yeah. lived around that yeah, uh, yeah, area, yeah, so yeah. he knew the descent. There was gravel and shit and as Al well. Green was in the car, and he was oh. saying to me, "Be careful! There's a dangerous right corner really? coming." But I said, "Where?" <laughs> I looked at the map. Where? And then we went into the corner, full speed, but like not, but <laughs> not breaking, you know. But you really had to slow like 15k an hour down because yeah. we came down 10 percent. Yeah, took us yeah. sharp right left. I just went straight, <laughs> but I was lucky. There was a parking place. Yeah, yeah. If there was a wall off. or whatever, I yeah, yeah. was again uh, in the hospital. <laughs> uh, one time again is enough. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again rehab, again swimming pool, and yeah. no, but it's true. At that, like my reaction time, because I was just a bit stressed to do the same mistake as in Lombardia and get blamed for it again. You know, yeah. and that's actually what was always going on in the descent in my head. Yeah. But now I got rid of that problem, so that's that's pretty okay. good. That's good. Yeah. When it comes to that steepness storyline that narrative was that true as in did you realize okay i'm better at the engine kind of climbing versus the the steep pinches but then you showed up in that belt and was it was the name of the climb again um yeah 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 yeah. then you torched everyone (laughs) yeah because i was uh, one month in livigno trained on mortirolo almost every training block um so it helps to train on it and now it's kind of a ritual and it's something that doesn't bother me too much anymore. Sometimes I have more problem with climbs of 4% than of 14%, you know, because it's, it's completely different way of climbing. Yeah. And you think like, how is it possible? It's only 4%, but it feels harder than it is on 14%. But it's just because you, the power you push is, it, it feels easier on a steep climb because you're faster at that 400 watts or whatever. Yeah. So, but on, on yeah. the fast climbs, it's much harder. The heart rate goes up and it's, so yeah, it's uh, it's probably also a bit of um, muscle loss comparing to my first years. So uh, all those small things. I swear that was like when you were in Tenerife, was it start of this year or something? You were you were having your training camp there, and on one of your rides, you had that that little steep climb that you went up and down on. I don't know where so, somewhere on the yeah yeah we, we did the, we did the VO two max trainings. Uh, what's the name? You come, you come onto the big road then. Yeah. Tirche, uh, Tirche. Yeah. Yeah. Tirche. Look. Uh, it's. That was, yeah. Also there is a climb of uh, what is it? Three k, twelve percent. Especially the first part is super hard. So uh, yeah, that's where we we train it. Few two max trainings and then one minute all out. Uh, five minutes all out. Yeah. Which I improved this year. Oh la la. We yeah. we saw that that sprint improvement as well this year. Yeah. Was that yeah. Was that on purpose or you just. Accidentally sprint started sprinting five minutes. Sprinting. Well, like in Norway, you won the small group sprint. You cut off my Australian friend. You should have been relegated. Like, yeah. But yeah, for <laughs> sure. Hey, two God, meters. No, two meters. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I was like, yellow card. And then the it's interview Phillips afterwards, Luke agreed with him. Morkov told me you did the perfect sprint. Of course Morkov would say that. Of course. So that's why I was so proud, yeah. He's the king of the leaders. <laughs> no, but that was, I was like, okay, sprint. And then you won the uphill sprint. So had you... Was your sprint always in training okay or had you already worked on that like your explosivity a bit and that's something that's just gradually improved and is that something you also like i need to take bonus seconds because okay if roglic and poggy take the 10 you still got to take the six in second you yep. can't lose the full 10. Yeah, yeah yeah that's definitely one of the reasons um but i think one of my best sprints this year was in argentina against Yves lampard oh, I, no. I did beat him i did beat him but uh of course, I, I went one second earlier, but still. Uh, Which stage was that? No, no, it was just in the, in the oh, training. Okay. 
Some yeah. of those stages no, in Argentina were crazy when the divider. Oof. The sprint Oof, stages, man. Oh, was, uh, and the organization wasn't I happy. thought I was going to lose my life there. It was, <laughs> it was horrible, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, the sprints, yeah, I think it's... We more do it kind of a warm-up before hard intervals. Okay. Um, but yeah, I've actually tried to work on the technique. Uh, also with Morkov, for example. He right. said, like, your core has to be more stable. Really pull the arms. Yeah. Uh, pull the legs also. Not only pushing, but also pulling. And uh, yeah, it went up. Quite somewhat. Uh, I think comparing to the Norway sprints, I went up between 150 and okay. one and 200 watts almost. Yeah. For example, the sprint of San Sebastian was plus 1,200. So yeah, it's quite uh, for my body weight. And your air quite high. Too. Yeah, exactly. So, but I think what my strength. I, I will not have the big peak, but I think what my strength is is that even the race is hard, the powers will not go down. Yeah. Okay. And I think it's a bit like. Uh, when Alaphilippe won the bunch sprints at that period he was so yeah. strong yeah, yeah, he's yeah. also not the guy with well not in Dauphiné this year yeah still in Dauphiné he's yeah. not the guy with 1500 watt peak but still because he had that much yeah just over that he could sprint and win and I think that's something that improved with me this year was Bilbao surprised were you surprised that he came back in front of you under with 1k to go because I was like we discussed this <laughs> oh, yeah, the way yeah, Bilbao yeah. rode he rode like he thought he was going to smoke you in the sprint yeah yeah yeah, exactly. So I don't know why he came over me last yeah. kilometer. Um, yeah, it's actually a very good question. We should ask him. Yeah. But you you asked me that evening whether I believed that you were going to win, but yeah. did you believe you were going to win? With 10 kilometers to go, let's say you go to the line together with Bilbao, how, how much percent did you give yourself? Well, to be honest, I had something left on the climb. Mm -hmm. I think I could have... When Bilbao came over me, just before the, the fence yeah. Yeah, area, yeah. I had to wait a bit. And just before the fence, just give it a full send till the top. And I think then he was going to get dropped because he was struggling quite a lot on the first steeper parts. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. There was something in me that said, <laughs> try to sprint and just <laughs> see what it gives. There was something that said, you can beat him. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. It worked. Yeah, it worked. I mean, so you're out here doing side quests in world tour races. <laughs> but I mean, it's not really, it's not really like that because you know. But you thought I can beat. I don't need to risk going over my limit on the climb because I can still win the sprint. But I think that's why I was confident because I felt he was going over his limit yeah, okay. on the climb, and I yeah. didn't. And that's why on top I was thinking I can go to the line and try, yeah. and maybe win. But okay. for sure, it's Bilbao. He beats the fastest climbers in the world. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a big risk, but it was worth it, yeah. And it's good to know now also for the Vuelta. Yeah, well, and... Yeah. Because there's going well, to be some... Pun there's going to be punchy finishes. It's the yeah. two already. Second yeah. stage is already yeah. punchy finish. In Longuith, the Catalonia yeah. circuit. Well, it's near, it's sort of, opposite. It's kind of opposite. Yeah, yeah. It's the same castle area yeah. in Barca. But back to just a question on the Giro. And this goes into the transfers as well, which we want to round off with. But the Giro... Big news. Ooh. Yeah, some news. Some news. <laughs> yeah. Giro stage one, you win, you smoke Ghana, really good TT. Then you're, you're looking good for Sombrone on stage eight, Roglic. It looked like at the time, because no one knew you were sick. Yeah. You got taken by surprise by Roglic. Maybe he's he still, even despite you being sick, he still did take you by surprise for sure, on yeah. there. Do you think if you won that Giro, big if, but if you won that Giro, you didn't get COVID, the whole narrative around the quick step team 
uh, you for the Tour de France next year would be completely different because you'd have Welter Giro in the pocket. And it's really that, that COVID, and it's not the team's fault you got COVID. Like, the, well, unless they gave no, no, it to you on purpose. Unless the other, but... unless the other right. But you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. do you think that's changed a lot in how the team and you are viewed for Grand Tours? Um, I think it would depend okay. in how we would have, if yeah. we would have won it, yeah. how we would have won it. Because if you look at Roglic, he took the jersey last day. Yeah, yeah. And there was a big chance that I could do it the same way, maybe. Um, so yeah, I think it's always fair enough to to bring big names into the team because like this, there will be a bit of competition between yeah the domestiques, and they will all take each other to a higher level. Yeah, and I think that's what we need in this team because maybe at some point, some guys were too relaxed, like oh, we have our spot in the Grand Tour team, yeah, or okay. the GC Grand Tour team, yeah, and that's why I'm happy with the next things that you will probably say <laughs> that some guys will come and already one big name i don't know if there's still others coming i hope so so you're you're happy with lander coming of you, course yeah, of yeah. course of and course that was, I mean, and how involved with that are you does the team say we think lander's a good fit and you say i agree do you talk to him before how's that work well uh there were a few names before okay big names civicold exactly yeah uh plus exactly <laughs> <laughs> you guys know of course uh, it didn't work out so i was a bit disappointed at that okay. point because i thought those two if you have those two yeah. Then you can go to war, you know, yeah, especially yeah. on the climbs. And you thought we've missed the window now for, to get a, a top tier climbing domestique. Uh, yeah, at a certain moment I did. Okay. Um, but I think if you can get a name like Landa, it's a very big name. Yeah. A guy that knows how to ride Grand Tours. Yeah. He knows how to win Grand Tours with his team, yeah. uh, with Froome in the past. So, yeah, I think it's, he's uh, 33 now, which is not, too old, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he signed for two years, so I think it's uh, first of all a very good rider that comes to us. A lot of experience for a young team, Grand Tour team that yeah. we have. So I feel like uh, this can be maybe the best move Patrick did for uh, this year. But it would, I think, it wouldn't be a lie if I say that I expect there will be there, that. I hope that there is one more guy that is just from under the level of Landa that can be on that level between Elon and, uh, you know, Vervaka, Cataneo, somebody okay. in between that, yeah. like... Yeah. But no, it was like a Like a George Bennett or something. Yeah, I also <laughs> heard this, but... <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's we'll see if it happens. To be honest, it's difficult to find a rider from that category because, yeah. yes, yeah, it's, it's an expensive rider from yeah. that category. Always. Yeah. Well, that's what people don't realize about Sky. Like, those riders are really expensive and that's how... When you have a big budget like Sky did, or like Yumbo UAE, Ineos now, like you can fill those guys who could go to another team, run ninth in GC in a Grand Tour, get paid a lot of money. So you got to pay them more to be a domestique. Yeah, like it's hard to find domestique. But to be honest, if we think to the future uh, for the tour next year, we have super strong guys to run on the flat. You have Asgreen, Lampard. Yeah, yeah, and that's from the level of. Luke Rowan, those guys, you know, and uh, Nathan van Oudonks and those guys, they can do the same. So on that part, I'm not worried at all. Then it's just finding the good balance between the strong climbers and the pure climbers. And then the super domestique like Sepp Kusis, for example. Yeah. yeah. And I think we, we hope to have found that guy with Mikkel now. I really believe he, he can. If, because I always think, feel like his best years were when he was domestique. 
when he helped in winning room. <laughs> yeah. well, no, it's like Koos. Yeah, like Koos looks everyone like unbelievable now. Yeah. But say he went to another team, he he his level might almost not look as good as it does yeah. now, yeah. where he's yeah. shredding it. Yeah, exactly. But because uh, it is different. Yeah. It, and Lander came third in the Giro last year. Yeah, exactly. eighteen months ago, came third in Flesh this year. I did super super season. Bus second, second in Bus behind the not a panacea. No, no. I don't know what that means, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like and uh, Ruta also no. Yeah, no, he was, and Terreno, he was, and he was like top 10 in like four different stage races. The I think, Tour and Dauphiné were bad, so that's recent, so everyone... But I think he raced, they let him race too much in the first part of the season. Yeah. I think that can be a big reason why the Tour wasn't... And then I think he was too hyped up for the Basque start in the Tour. Probably. As well. It's Quite possible. a few uh, Bahrain riders that rode a lot in. I think Hague rode basically half the calendar. Yeah, this Jack, time. Jack yeah. did it every yeah. race, man. I, crazy. He's yeah. doing the Vuelta, no? No, he's oh, not no, doing he's the Vuelta. Not, oh, okay. not doing the Vuelta. <laughs> oh, luckily. I asked him to do San Seb. <laughs> oh, yeah? Ooh. Australians over there. He almost finished the Giro, actually. He went out stage 18, 17. Jack, did he? He didn't finish completely, I think. I can't remember. But he went out either. 17, 18, something like that. And yeah. the two on the tour on lows, he was his best stage. I was like, maybe you should keep do the Vuelta. But no. <laughs> um, so you're, okay, so yeah, the uh, segues into our, our big question. Sounds like it. Will you be riding the quick step next year? Normally, yes. Okay. I think it's... Uh, I have a contract till the end of 26. So there's this respectful thing. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. a contract is a contract. You cannot yeah. just say, oh, see, see you, bye-bye. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's not how it goes. And the cycling world is not the football world where you can just give 200 millions and yeah, yeah. get the player or the rider. So, but I think if, uh, if we can just improve a lot of things, um, speaking about uh, science, uh, nutrition, uh, just things around yeah. the Grand Tour team, I think that we, then we can quickly be on the same level as the UAE Jumbos. And uh, because we have a lot of knowledge in the team. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially us, the riders, we know a lot how the others work because there's almost no secrets anymore in the bunch. Oh, you're all the same hotels. Exactly. Camps, exactly. You, know? you just know everything. Yeah. For example, we have a Swanier coming from Ineos. Okay. Yeah. He just gives all secrets you know i mean <laughs> that's how it goes yeah i like, mean if when you, the feeding when how they do the feeding exactly. yeah. what's yeah. in the feedback uh the bidons uh how to make the rice cakes yeah which is a big difference from what it was last year with us okay so you know all those small things just can really help us to yeah, go yeah. to the to, to get to that top level so yeah there's a there's a axiom of visma video analyst available uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. with all the secrets speaks Dutch. speaks Dutch. yeah yeah no but i just I believe we really can. I think we just need to improve that yep. the level still a bit of the Grand Tour team. Okay. Um, and but that's what I said. If there's competition in between domestics, the the level will go. Well, up. Like Ineos had making their Tour de France. Oh, when it was Sky, like making their Tour de France team. Yeah. Was like the hardest thing in cycling. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. That's how it should. It's not how it should be, <laughs> but it should come close. To yeah, that. yeah. Yeah. To know that your role. You're not just going to walk into the team just no, because no, no, your exactly. name is And you just whatever. want to go with the, the guys that are at the best level yeah, at that yeah. moment. There's a question we've been asking ourselves a few times, and maybe you've got an answer to that. Is We've always questioned, maybe it's because he has other goals throughout the season, but why Osgain hasn't been coupled more into the GC team? Because you said it, when it comes to the flat domestic, he's good, but I swear he's, he's also climbed well in his history. Like, you can't write Strade on, on being a shit. No. Shit uphill rider, but also I swear I'm Gentura of California yeah, yeah. in his younger years. So the talent is there, the qu the quality is there, and maybe he can be like a what, what do you say, like a B Tech quad fanart? 
We'll just start roll. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's how I see him as well. And uh, to be honest, I asked uh, to have for the Giro. Okay, everything went wrong with the COVID, but to have <laughs> yeah. uh, Julian and guys like Casper or Yves. Okay. But they had the classic periods, all three of them. So they were a bit worried. This can fuck up their season completely. Yeah. Okay. But then I said, yeah, but we go to the Giro to win it. Yeah. So there's only one goal. And, you know, with going to the Tour next year, that changes everything. Then it's like, okay, we go to help. Yep. And not for winning a stage. Yeah. And uh, stuff like that. Because, for example, Julian is some, somebody I believe in 200%. If he has that level, and I feel like he really likes to work for a victory because he just maybe feels that he's not on that top, top level anymore yeah, to win yeah. himself. But like San Sebastian, he just empties himself for me completely. Well, that Les Prayer is running. Where exactly, Gagan, that that's was what super, I mean. He was unbelievable. That's what man. I mean. But if he can do this next year in the Tour as well, yeah. I mean, then you're also speaking about the Super Domestique. Yeah. And he can climb also very well, like yeah. uh, Tour in I, He climbs better when he's relaxed. When exactly. he's not going for his own, when he's in the breakaway doing yeah. Julian things. Attacking too early. He wasn't, he wasn't <laughs> too smart this year, but, yeah, uh, but, no, but I think he let go one or two stages probably. If he would have been a bit smarter. Yeah. Yeah, if he no? picked a stage and if he... Him and Asgren didn't work properly together like, trying to get into the break. Yeah. Like, Julian, he was, he was empty by the time the break was formed. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, but yeah, but I, I believe in him, to be honest, as a yeah. climbing domestique. Okay. He's lightweight. He has the power. Yeah. Um, he can have his super days and the off days. Also, like, the super domestiques have, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I feel like if he's on level and on top level, that he can be one of the maybe 10 best climbers in the world if he wants not to till the finish line yeah, but till yeah. 3 to go he can be in the go. group of 10 exactly. as a domestique for yeah. sure I think so we've spoken about the team and the development of the team and how they can get better and how they can support you better also next to the next to the race itself but if we take a look at you versus the other climbers in the peloton if you had to like make a short ranking of how you see roughly the other GC riders in the world and maybe want to roughly place you somewhere on that tier list how do you see it right now, the environment? So I have to, to give you, the, the... You can take yourself out if you want yeah. to. Okay. You uh, just, how, yeah, how do you see, like... The, is, is well, it... I think Tour Jonas is absolute number one. On his yeah. own tier. With Tour Pogacar. Okay. With good preparation Tour Pogacar. Okay. Yeah, okay. I think those two are really just a bit out of the league. Yeah. Under that, I would say it's uh, Primos. And then I would also still say G is there because at the age of 36, yeah. no, yeah, 36 becoming second in the Giro with only 14 seconds of difference. Is, um, After yeah. third in the Tour the year before. Exactly. It's super impressive. And I think a lot of people forget that because you always have the battle of uh, Tadej yeah. and Jonas, yeah, but yeah. G was still there always. And always just, in the background. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, I think uh, Almeida is also like fourth or fifth in that rank. Okay. And I think Ayuso and Rodriguez are coming. Yeah. Um, yeah, like this year also, I was quite surprised by uh, Jai Hindley. He did a pretty good tour, in my opinion, mm -hmm. winning a stage, taking the yellow. Um, because who finished third, actually? I yeah, forgot. Yeah, Yates disrespect. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Well, I, I think oh, Yates. I'm so sorry. I think Which Yates? I think Yates. Oh, no. I, yeah. I, because I, I think both are the same. 
<laughs> we yeah. always joke no, that they, they just switch around. Yeah, yeah, they switch riders on different stages. You think? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It has to happen. It's true. Yeah, Adam Have you is, ever seen Adam them in the same actually, room? Because uh, I remember the UAE stage, we did 20 minutes, almost 7 watts per kilo uh, yeah. on Jabella feet. Yeah. Yeah, he, was, he, he dropped me. Yeah, yeah. Got help from the motor. Well, we to be to fair, halfway to climb, he switched with his brother and that's why. Uh-huh. Yeah, but yeah. he puts Pogaccio under pressure on Hafid. Yeah. Exactly, like, that's what I mean. Before, yeah. I think Adam is also yeah, a super high level. Huh? Yeah. It's, uh, but also racing quite a lot this year, no? I but think he's, he's in Burgos. Burgos. Burgos now. And he did Catalonia where he crashed hard in stage one. Yeah. Oh, on that oh, hectic yeah, crash yeah, in the yeah. running. I was uh, in the car actually that one. day. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that was it a was, nasty crash. Yeah. 70k an hour, 75. Bikes flying around. But you know, there's so many good GC riders, you almost forget to mention some. Well, because like Hindley, as you said, Hindley on his day, on, on the right parkour, yep. if you're having a weak moment, say you crashed three days before, like in the Vuelta last year, yep. he can hit you. And like, exactly. There are guys that, and Ayuso could improve, even like Gal. Yep. Say there's a course with no TT. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. If you have the, what was it, the Tour de France of two years ago, there was like a, I don't know, was a, a Tour without any TT or with a real uh, climbing TT up with Planche de Belfi. Yeah, no? yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Planche. in that Tour de France, he could do third. I was yeah. Last yeah. year, no? Or two years ago? No, it was two 2020. years. 2020. 2020, yeah. yeah. Oh, three years ago already. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> in that year, he could have done podium for yeah. sure with that in that tour. Especially so, with the numbers he's doing now. Like, yeah, Mosul will probably also come. Yeah. Depending on uh, how he develops. If we had to put Remco in the ranking that he made, I give it to you. Eh? I'm not going to yeah. answer this. With Rog- I would with put Roglic. Him with Roglic and Thomas, but the difference between no, the no, three. Thomas is below. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 I think so as well. But I think the difference between you and Roglic is that I don't believe Roglic will step up anymore, while I believe that you will step up again. But he said he never had a good preparation as he had now. So, yeah. Can smash well. everybody the eh? next three weeks. <laughs> we'll see if it's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Primoz is such a, is a special rider, no? It's like yeah. mentally unbreakable almost and when you see his face you think he's gonna drop in five minutes and then he drops <laughs> you in f- yeah, five yeah. minutes later he just drops you and then you're yeah. like what the fuck <laughs> so it's, it's you just cannot predict him some guys you can see on the face for example for myself i'm oh you can see exactly when you're like when yeah. i start to move too yeah, much with yeah. the body when i yeah. start to i know there's a few things that you can see in a few moments he will drop yeah. but with primos you just you don't have it you don't know what to expect like the stage, like you mentioned, for Sombrone. Yeah. I was thinking, he's not going to do anything. He's sitting quite, always in, in our wheel, not doing anything. And then one moment, sends two guys to the front, <laughs> really smash it completely on a f- small kicker. Yeah. yeah. Rides full to the bottom of the climb, bam, on the bottom. Full <laughs> attack, and I was like, oh no. Yeah. Seven minutes of horrible suffering. <laughs> yeah. We were doing a, a live watch along live stream at that moment, and we were like, oh, Remco's staying on 10 meters for the... For the first X amount of time. But yeah. at that day, I felt something was wrong with my body. Because yeah. normally, I went to his wheel, almost. And then we took this sharp left turn with yeah. like 500 meters to go to the yeah, top. Yeah, yeah, you like were that. only on two seconds there. Exactly, I was, I was coming closer. Yeah, yeah. And I really had the feeling, I still have an extra push. I gave that push, came closer, finished. Really? Just <laughs> the legs completely empty. Yeah. Yeah. And that was strange because normally, in my best days, I should just go to his wheel. Or maybe on, a, on an explosive climb like this, just try to drop the others myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you want Liège. Yeah, exactly, that's, climbs, that's what yeah. I mean. And it yeah. was two weeks before. So yeah. the goal was, if there is racing on, we try to drop them and go okay. descend, ride a small TT to the, to the finish and see what happens. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, other way around. Well, I think, he, <laughs> I think he also, like Ineos, 
on that stage they sent it on stage because they he got dropped by Almeida stage 16 and Thomas yeah and yeah. then that was a stage that we were really looking forward to. we had a, okay we Bondone. had actually a plan for Bondone stage okay yeah. it was a hard stage 5,000 meters elevation yeah. in like 160 k's yeah. but then there was an easy day and then the next day I think Formolo or someone or someone went up to Ineos the first climb and said Rogic is dropping but then him and Koos were just chilling yeah yeah and there was a split but then they did nothing and then the last climb I know where Koos just sends it again and then I think Almeida was just completely taken aback again. Like, yeah. What the fuck? Um, it was yeah, good, it was... Gerald, but it would have been better if we saw everybody. Oh, of course, yeah. Fight it out till the end. Not it just was, you, also Gagan Hart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That would have been a. Theo was in great He was shape. flying, though. Yeah. The TTs. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I just I beat him with two seconds. Okay, I was <laughs> sick, but still, two seconds from Theo, you expect on a TT like yeah. that, I can give him half a minute. Yeah. yeah. At least. And if there was a pacing plan, actually, to win. The plan was to have like around 30, 40 seconds on okay. that TT because it was completely flat and quite a technical finish. Yeah, yeah. The last 6K, you couldn't gain any time anymore. Right. But we thought about like 30, 40 seconds would be great. Yeah. And we were on schedule after time check one, but... <laughs> Thomas lost, us, lost it in one of the right-hand corners. They told him to slow down too much. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. One of the right in the, in the village. There was a right-hand... On the cobbles? Yeah. Ooh, but that was he, so slowed, he slowed down too, ah, yeah. a bit too much. Uh, I think that's where he lost it. Thanks, G. Yeah. No, thanks to Carl. Oh, I think he, car, he, was, he was like, I think he knew he could have gone faster okay. through it. But you never know with those. Yeah, the cobbles. If you, you it was crashed. not even cobbles. It was like Siena uh, oh, okay. yeah. stones. I don't know. Yeah, they're not say. real cobbles. Eh? No, Let's it was clear, super. Right? It's yeah. even slippery when it's dry. Yeah. And not and real cobbles. Worst case, you end up with the same scenario as in the Belgian NC ITT where you're Oof. floating into the ditch. How do you feel afterwards? As in, do was, you actually feel terrible as a consequence of all the mud or because of the crash? Smelling, or... I was smelling like shit. Yeah. I mean, it was horrible. All the mud, the water, <laughs> it was raining the whole day. Like a farmer's son. Well, yeah, yeah. I really smelled like a farmer's son. <laughs> <laughs> After a big day of work. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it was, uh, I was just too confident because I had yeah. a really good feeling that day. A bit mm -hmm. the same feeling like I had in the Worlds yep. uh, during the whole day, preparation, the warm-up. But just too confident. We took the rain tires just to have that bit more grip. But it doesn't mean that you can go 10k an hour faster okay. in the corner. So I, uh, we checked on the training piece. I went into the corner 48 kilometers an hour in the wet. I think yeah. you would even go out of the corner with the cars. <laughs> yeah, right. It was pretty uh, too much confidence. So I'm assuming tour next year, you already said that makes a big difference with the classics guys can come with you to the tour. Are you going to do the classics? Are you going to do Tour of Flanders or any of the warm, the lead up races? Because uh, Quickstep. Yeah. I'll say the team's not been good in the classics this year no. compared to previous years. And but also, I feel like the first two classics races, they weren't necessarily anticipating the race as much as they, they were riding as if they were still quick step who was the favorites. Flanders was better with Asgren yeah. getting in that pedestal group. That was the, a change of tactics. But yeah, yeah leading the breakaway was also yeah. already a good move. Yeah. Just to not have to control the race. But yeah, exactly. um, I would like to, but not too many. Um, yeah. Okay. I will always stick with Liege. I think that's. Fair enough. If you win that, it twice, yeah, yeah, you want to win it three times, ten times. Yeah, <laughs> being record holder. It's uh, so, but yeah, it, I think it's gonna be a big, big discussion about that. Um, oh, you can. It's win risky, Flanders. but I, I would, yeah, I would love to ride Flanders. I think I know the roads because yeah, I train there yeah. quite often. Okay, I don't know the roads in racing, um, but let's let's be honest. The last two laps of Quadramont, the positioning is pure power, also yeah, almost yeah. because the race is so long. Um. But yeah, I think um, it's always going to be a risk, you know, in, in 
if and something Poggy, happens. For, like, look at Poggy. Yeah. Yeah, I think he did maybe too many classics at a certain point. Yeah. Because you increase the risk of crashing as well while yeah. you also If you're ride a top favorite well. and you do seven classics, you're probably going to crash once. Yeah, yeah, and he did, Yeah, unfortunately. Which wasn't his fault because... No, but it the, looks like it's unlucky, hole, but the yeah. probability is it will happen. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. The putt hole that was there, I had to jump over. Really? And he was sitting five positions behind me, and yeah. then you just hear like the Bang. You know, the explosion of the, of the yeah. tires. But um, if I would do any classics, I think it will be maximum three. Yeah. Okay, like Dwarz. And with Liege, and Liege extra, you know? Okay. Liege is uh, inside those three. Yeah. Okay. So not... But maybe four. Well, that's kind of like <laughs> it, I, I mean, it's strange because like a San Remo is also a classic, but yeah. it's it's not a Flanders classic. It's a, yeah. oh, no. it's a different classic. But if we speak about Flemish classics, one, two, yeah, max three, not more. Okay. About Paris Roubaix for a second? No. Still <laughs> never. Still never. never. For context, for context, you wrote Paris Roubaix Juniors yeah. in twenty eighteen. Eighteen, eighteen, yeah. And double flat you, on Carrefour Larbre. You broke your steer first, if I recall. Yeah, because I was the I received the bike from the quick step team, the Roubaix bike yeah. with the uh, suspension, suspension. Yeah, yeah, suspension yeah. in the front. And uh, something happened. <laughs> the the handlebar it's just suspended fully. Yeah, yeah. The handlebar <laughs> just flipped around completely. I thought it was broken. It wasn't. I just I actually should have continued on that bike. Yeah. Because the handlebar was just flipped around, which probably happens with fifty riders in the Roubaix. Yeah. Um, switch bikes took the the Ridley bike of the national team. I think it was like eight bars in the tires. It was like <laughs> eight, it was like eight bars. Oh, really, it was like this. It was so like Moscon in twenty in the yeah, in your spare bike in Moscon. Yeah, we turn on Carrefour Larbre. <laughs> Double flat front back same time. Really incredible. Then uh, the team car just drove See past ya. me, took the wheel out, threw it away. That was so so. Yeah, I was you angry. You walked the entire way. I walked till the end of Carrefour Larbre. And there was oh, uh, a 3K, it's 2K. Yeah, it's 2.5, something like this. And then uh, in road a fan saw me and gave a wheel okay. of his bike, of his race bike. And he gave me the wheel. <laughs> I said, yeah, you have to come get it in the velodrome afterwards. Yeah, no problem. I will come. And then he came to take it. It was like a special <laughs> oh, story. Roubaix is such a lottery. And we saw that with like with Yumbo this year. Super frustrating. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, two in a group of five. Ah, they were, for sure, they were going in two to the, to the velodrome. Yeah. I think. But even before no. then, when Laporte flattered. Yeah. Same, same story. Yeah. Like, then your race completely yeah. changes. Now we're getting to October. We arrive in October. Tour de France. Route announcement. Cobble stage with Carford Larbre on stage five. Do you skip oh. the tour or do you do it? They won't <laughs> do you don't think? No. Not, not, would that be twice in three years? They won't. There would be a lot, no? No. Yeah. It'll, they'll wait more years. To be honest, I mean, it's, I understand it's um, kind of exciting for the the people that watch mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. but to be honest in the bunch it's horrible Good it's yeah. it's like the yeah exactly but it's like the the strade stage in the yeah. giro yeah which is in my opinion not as bad as a cobble stage okay but uh yeah it's it's maybe it's a bit unnecessary in the grand tour yeah for the extra stress for the extra and material. the amount of chances that another gc rider crashes out is bigger yeah it's, and then your third week is because the ASO then, they're like, well, then if our third week is bad, because if, imagine Poggy didn't do this tour. It would have been so bad. This year? Yeah. yeah. Or imagine Poggy or Jonas crash in stage two and they're out. Yeah. yeah. It, like, and that's kind of what happened in 2021. Yeah. Like, Roglic out, boring tour. Um, they might have Sterato next year. 
because they had it in the Tour de France fam last year and they used Dauphiné in the Tour de France fam because they had the climbs of the Tour de France fam. That was stage 20 this year in the okay. Tour. So maybe the Storato. I don't know. That's my guess. All right. We'll do quick fire. Fuck. We've... <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> oh, Storato's not too bad. No. I'll asphalt it for you. No, okay? no, they're white. They're, they're chill. They're chill. Just watch, watch the women's highlight video. It's not that bad. Yeah, yeah, no, I saw, I saw. Yeah. But still, yeah, it's, it's always a bit of extra stress, which is... Yeah. It... But yeah, it's... And you can't yeah. win the tour there either. No, no, you, no. You, you can, can only, only lose it. it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You can only lose it. Quick fire. What's the first three videos on your TikTok for you page if you scroll? <laughs> on my TikTok? I have TikTok. No, I, I'm not on TikTok. Really? Okay, Instagram Reels then. Uh, what would be the first three things, topics? For sure, cycling. Just like a, a mixtape of yeah, just someone just, just cycling. Yeah. Uh, music mixtape. Yeah, yeah. Uh, things about music. Techno music. Dutch techno. More hardstyle music. Okay. Probably. And uh, football. Okay. It's a lot of sports. Yeah. Favorite song at the moment? At the moment? Uh... It should be a way there because I have, I have too many. I have too many. Name a few random ones. Uh, Randy Intoxicated. Okay. Uh, Disturb um, Magnetism. Uh, Fertile No Sleep. And many more. Okay. Voiseau Le Chamin by the, the French Chorus remix. It's, it's banging. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I did it for a Seb Coos mixtape. Oh, yeah. It's like the techno <laughs> remix is really good. Okay. I got some TikTok ones for you. Um, <laughs> if you had to steal a specific strength of one other rider like an attribute of another rider in the peloton ah, I wish I could do climb like him or do this like him what would it be from which rider Oof, um, I know the answer but I won't help you know the answer I know the correct answer yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's difficult because I want a bit of Everybody, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. I want a bit more of Ghana, I want a bit more of Foggy, a bit more of Jonas. It's, yeah. it's difficult, but go on, tell me. You, would you like the technique of Vanderpool? Oh, of course. The technique, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That would probably make a difference sometimes. Because yeah. Pidcock kind of has that. Yeah. Um, and that's why you said you thought world suited him a lot. Yeah. Because. No, true, yeah. Maybe some, yeah. some really good, better bike handler. Do you uh, believe in GC Pitcock? Random question that I just threw in. Because he, he has to change. He would have to focus on it. Probably, yeah. yeah. I don't think mountain biking and GC goes together, especially in Grand Tours. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think we should believe in it, but it's not going to be easy. Yeah. Um, yeah, the time trial capacities. I think some other, there's better riders than him. Yeah. But the rest he has, no? I think... Uh, but I was still a bit surprised that he cracked a bit this year. Um, oh, what was it sense. second week, third week? It makes sense. Yeah. With yeah. With yeah, the, but he said he wanted to go for GC. Yeah, but he took three. He weeks, told me he took Swiss. three weeks off GC, Tour de France prep to do the XCO preparation, and it's it's <laughs> one it, one of them's a one yeah. hour anaerobic effort, and it's just mate. This guy took five weeks of his Giro prep to do some rehab. <laughs> yeah, and he cracked. Think about it. <laughs> 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 exactly. <laughs> it didn't work. Which which victory has given you the most personal satisfaction? Of everything. Of everything. Yeah. Um <laughs> what if your response were like a football match from on the leg? Oh, it could be. Uh to be honest, 
the TT of last week. Really? really? There was so much preparation into that. The helmet, the bike, just everything. The yeah. YouTube channel. The YouTube channel. Um, so I must say the TT really was a big one because, okay, you know, I think I did three years of Worlds. Yeah. Uh, second, third, third. You're thinking, oh, where is the first? When yeah, you know, where's yeah. the golden medal? And then you see the course, you think we might have a better chance here than last year. And then you start to think about wheel set, gear, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the helmet, which was made for the Vuelta TT last year. Yeah. But also suited very well on this TT. Length of the so, shoulders of the t- of the shirt. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I must admit the one of Castell is a bit too short. It's it's my big arms, you know. Yeah, so it's, it's the bodybuilder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the bodybuilder. I read a, I read a but tweet. But I came back from holiday, so <laughs> maybe I just, I blew up a bit, you know. Yeah, yeah, it happens to me. I go back to Australia and I, yeah, I'm slightly out of GC shape. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Don't worry, we'll get there. <laughs> 2027. Oh, Jesus, I'll be old, man. <laughs> I read I read a tweet this morning that your your skin is more arrow than the skin suit. Is that true That's or is that bullshit? Is the, the lower arm. The, oh, okay. The, because... I take a lot of wind on my hands and my yeah. arms and the helmet, uh, which then goes over. But I almost take nothing on my upper arms yeah. because my hands are just in front of it. So it ah, just okay. goes off. Yeah. So here it should be as clean as possible. So that's why I shave my arms every day before the TT. And right. Me yeah. too. We'll to have arrow podcasting going on. I got no hair, I got scarring. On Swift. Yeah. <laughs> which non-cycling athlete do you look up to the most? As in- uh, Usain Bolt. Bolt. What? A bit of show and a bit of, you know, it was always there when the moment. Chicken nuggets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I thought it would be LeBron. Yeah? Yeah, because you, you are like LeBron. Because, to be honest, no, I, you, come in, you come in, right? I'm a bit small, no? <laughs> no, 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 no. But he skipped college. He went oh, yeah. straight from high school to NBA. Okay. And then whatever he's done. That's nice comparison. Well, no, because. Yeah. I feel honored. <laughs> whatever you do is never going to be good enough. When you're like hit the hype he had is just insane, okay. and then he's ended up having a normal family. Yeah, not drinking, not drugs. Yeah, you know? if, if you think about it, Kobe actually also, huh? Kobe. Okay. In the yeah. past, you know the word determination. Yeah. Um, you know people don't know, but behind the scenes, I all if you want to win races, you have to work a lot, you have to work hard. Yeah, yeah. And that's also something that is into my body already since I was born, probably. So, I really like to hurt myself on training and push the limits. Well, that's why you're here in Andorra, I guess. Exactly. Like, yeah. For only 10 days. All right, last question. The big one. Why did you start a YouTube channel? And, <laughs> it, and is this, who, whose idea was it? Well, um, so I have my social media team around me. Okay. It's mm-hmm. uh, Sports Plus Media, but nobody will get to them. <laughs> it's only for me. No, some, they, they, uh, they also work with some football players, professional okay. football players, basketball players. Um, but I asked them, that I could be the only one in cycling with them right. because they do quite beautiful and special things. Mm-hmm. Um, the website with all the fire and so forth. Yeah. When I saw it, I didn't know I liked it or not. It was yeah. so spectacular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, the yeah. Remco Rojo merch one? What? The yeah, also website. that one. Remco Rojo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, been, he's been saying Remco Rojo to me for a week. Yeah, yeah, because Lander's coming. It's now. coming, it's coming guys, up again. Got to speak Spanish in the team. Uh, yeah but then again they came to the races to make videos but like okay. the Instagram reels which are only one minute now they can be longer I guess yeah but, yeah, but it's better for the algorithm if it's better for the algorithm if they're, if they're 60 seconds or exactly so they came like full days to the okay. DT mm-hmm. days whatever for only 50-60 seconds right so I told them look if you guys put so much work into the small videos yeah. why don't we try to okay 
filmed the whole day yeah. and you do the small video, but you also make a bigger and longer video and we try to put it on YouTube and see what it gives and brings. Yeah, yeah. And the first video was quite a success. I checked yeah. uh, this it, morning. It's 220K. Like, yeah, it was a good almost video. 230. Yeah. This now, so it, on five days, it's, it's quite big. Yeah. It's like, and, yeah. It's, it's like well edited, but also your personality comes into it. And like, it's not corporate too much. Yeah. No, but that's what we want to achieve. For example, average drop style. Nah, not. That's not his personality. Yeah. Like. No, we're, we're actually more kind of information. Yeah. Things giving away. Okay. Uh, but not too much. Without either. results, of course, because otherwise it would not be, I mean, would not make sense. Yeah. 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 But for example, we're going to shoot here a day in the life. Okay. On a long training ride. So the people can see what I eat on a day, what, yeah. what you do on training. Uh, is, it, is it nice? Is it boring? Whatever, you know, yeah, day yeah. in the life. That's what they ask yeah. to film. Um, so stuff like that. Probably also there will be some videos a bit more out of context of cycling. Yeah. So what I do in free time, for example, okay. or uh, what my, for example, with the music that I just said, yeah. if I want to go to like a kind of a, or not really a festival, Marla. but uh, yeah, some you know yeah, something yeah. like this when yeah. there's an event, and I would go to it. Yeah, they come with me, they film it, and then I just yeah, I mean, okay. just a bit of everything and nothing, but it's more to give the people a bit of a view behind the scenes and how it actually works because, yeah, racing is racing, but there's a lot of things going on behind that. Yeah, and a lot of people involved that might not be highlighted as much. For example, I like. People know Kunpelrim works with you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I didn't know that's what he did I exactly. I didn't yeah. know he was Dutch. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was Belgian. Yeah. I'm no, really he's disappointed. Dutch. He's a Dutch living in Belgium, skipping the taxes like Mathieu van der Poel. So, <laughs> so basically what you're saying is that think, we can yeah, claim them as Belgian. <laughs> oh, I should not do that. <laughs> Wait, a Belgian, ta mate, Belgian tax rates are cool. Yeah, but for the Dutch people. I live in people, Andorra. <laughs> 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 the for Australians. For, taxes, oh, for Australians, it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> I've paid so much money for taxes, man, in Belgium. I don't know why they do it. Yeah. Did you Incredible. ever think about moving to Monaco? For sure. Yeah. And now Spain, right? And even here oh. also. Yeah, we, we have something in Spain, but uh, it's not it's not the best. Uh, no Spanish tax rates aren't that good either. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's also why I'm here, just to see the area a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So maybe then we're neighbors in. next year. Mm. No, probably I will be a bit higher. Probably I don't know about that. <laughs> no, you should, no, you shouldn't live too high. No? No, no. Because then you're getting too much altitude dose all the time and then you come back from a race. Uh, the guys that live up here at 2000, I, I, would never, not, I would like not live here too high. permanently, probably, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Like you get something at Bordeaux. Like a third hole. Yeah, something yeah, like yeah. this and then. Okay, that's yeah. the, I live here. Like. But you, have, you need like, uh, I don't know, what is it? You have to be here three months, 90 Nin days? 90 days. Yeah. That's quite that, okay. If you combine, if you put your altitude camps here, yeah, pretty easy to do. It's but, easy, yeah. So we'll see. Okay, well, good luck with the YouTube. If you want any tips, then, you know, we are the <laughs> we're the best in the business. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the top of the game. Did you like it, actually, the video? Yeah, I, I watched yeah. it. I actually thought it was good. And okay. I'm a bit of a, you know, I'm a horrible person. So, if I thought, if <laughs> I, nice. if it, no, I actually thought it was, for a first video, I was like, fuck, this is good, man. Yeah, like, yeah, but I was actually also, because, obviously, I was there at the day, the yeah. day yeah. film. But I, I didn't know. How are they going to edit it? What yeah. is it going to be like? It uh, looks so boring, right? They're filming so much. Nothing's yes, happening all exactly. the time. And then once they edit it, you're like, wow, this is an exciting yes, day. Agree. But for example, like the track testing is one of the most interesting things to show because yeah. Yeah. there's so many, it's like, for us, it's super boring. You just put a new suit. You do five minutes of full gas almost. Yeah. You come back from, you come down from the track, completely dead. You have yeah, to wait yeah. five minutes, go again. It's a super boring and long day. But then if you see the results behind it on yeah. 
on uh, the video. It's pretty cool, and I think the people enjoyed it. So, one thing you should have done was the straight after Worlds win, combine the really well edited thing piece yeah. with like a you're just talking into your phone in the hotel room straight after. Oh, yeah. That's like the personal connection. You know, yeah. but we, we actually wanted, I mean, I wanted to bring the guys to the Worlds TT because okay. we knew there was going to be this video and it okay. would have been cool to have after the, the TT, yeah. like yeah. the result video. Yeah. But we were not allowed from Belgian Cycling. Really? Okay. No, they didn't want us to, yeah. to film in, inside the team. It was a bit special, but okay. yeah. All right. Cool. Thanks very much, Remco. Good luck at the Vuelta. Thank you very much. And any other races you're doing? After that, Lombardia. really appreciate oh, Lombardia, okay. And Corona de Nation, that's it. Yeah, all right. Pretty it's not spot. bad, not bad if you can go in the world champion jersey. Yeah, true, that will look and nice. And it's a very nice TT, actually. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, it's the same course as uh, two years ago, probably, okay. where Kung overtook me almost. Uh, all right, well, good luck with those. Thanks, Thanks for the time lot. today. No and, problem. Uh, good luck with the YouTube, too, the most important thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't care about the world anymore. It's YouTube, man. It's YouTube. Yeah, yeah exactly. Thanks. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 